0: is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It's Tuesday, December 20th, twenty. Twenty-two. I said December 20th Yeah, you did That's crazy Um, uh, How the heck are you? Hope you're having a good Tuesday It was not a good Monday for your Utah Jazz on or off the floor They got torched again in back-to-back games And now Donovan Mitchell doing real damage with his words Do you agree with Donovan? Did the fans drive Donovan Mitchell out of Utah? Is what Donovan Mitchell said damaging the Jazz and their plight or you know, efforts to rebuild this Utah Jazz team? I think that's a huge talking point in this conversation. We talk all things Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell right here on The Monty Show. We've got to get to Elon Musk and Twitter. We've got to get to going to cold weather football games. Jake doesn't deserve to be happy. We have a ton of stuff to talk about today. Okay, okay, yeah. On the Monty Show presented by The Advocates, Advocates utahadvocates.com, now just four days away from vacation, Mm -hmm. and I am stoked. I am absolutely stoked as I try to find different ways to delay talking about race in Utah. Um, I was talking to my wife last night, and she's like, you know, you've been crabby lately, fat ass. And I was like, well, you know, I haven't had a vacation. In... And what do
1: I have to deal with here, dark winged duck?
0: Yeah, you know? one arm killer. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We were talking about the fact that we get up at 4 o'clock every day. And I was telling her, hey, you know, I just need some understanding that I, I get up at 4 a.m. every day. And it's been odd because this year, because we've been on the grind, we haven't really had a vacation. No. We have taken really no extended time off even in hawaii we haven't had a true
1: vacation in a year two, no i think it's been i think it's been like two years because we we didn't like every time we've gone to california we've always done the show every time we've gone on the well, road that's true we've always done the show so you know and that's and again i'm not complaining uh, i'm just saying that there's there we haven't had the true you know check out you know week off
0: don't that's we coming. think
1: about life it week. starts
0: on Friday morning when uh, I will not be getting up at 4 a.m. Uh-huh. Um, and then for the next eight straight days after that, I will not be getting up at 4 a.m. Right. I am very much looking forward to that. But we will be here uh, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Uh, and I guess without further ado, Jake, I should tell you that this show is presented by The Advocates Uh, The best injury attorneys in the business, The Advocates, at theadvocates.com. You can chat with an attorney 24 hours a day, seven days a week, absolutely free. They have no consultation costs. They have no retainers. You don't pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case. So if somebody was out there driving distracted, if somebody was on their phone while they were driving, uh, if you slipped and fell because somebody didn't put ice melt Whatever the incident is, if you are injured and you're asking yourself, hmm, do I need a lawyer? The answer is yes, the advocates.com are the best in the business. Now, obviously, when we talk about what's going on in the world of sports in Utah, this Donovan Mitchell story has seemingly lit the Utah sports fan base on fire. Uh, In case you are unaware, Donovan Mitchell um, told Mark Spears, that he felt like race was his biggest issue in Utah. And he point blank said, it's nice to look around the stands in Cleveland and see other black black faces, to see people who look like me. And he said that was a a major issue for him in Utah. Donovan Mitchell told a story about how he got pulled over by the cops and caught attitude from the police officer until he gave him his ID, and the guy then realized who he was. I mean, all of these things that we've talked about for what seems like so long now in Utah just won't go away. And I guess the issue becomes how much you as a human being buy into what Donovan Mitchell is saying, because Don is saying that there is a complete and total lack of understanding when it comes to racial inequality in the state of Utah. Jake, when you hear these comments, what does it make you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I first off, what it makes me think is, oh, God, here we go again. I mean, that's the first thing. I, I, I think about the BYU incident. I think about incidents that Russell Westbrook has had. I think about, you know, these type of comments. And it always stirs up the the underbelly of the world, if you will. You know, you're always going to get people who have certain opinions, if you know what I mean, uh, about race. And I think that it's it's really unfortunate. But the, the other initial thing that really hit me yesterday when I was reading Donovan Mitchell's comments are, hey, this is how he feels. This is Donovan Mitchell's feelings. And for all these people on Twitter and for all these people who are coming on saying, oh, well, he's just lying. Like, you know, race inequality doesn't exist in our state. I think you're up in the night. I think you live in a bubble. I think you're a white guy living in a predominantly white state. That's what I think. And I think that you don't know what it means to to be pulled over as a black man by a white police officer in Salt Lake City. You don't know how that feels, just as I don't know how that feels. So I don't think that we should be speaking on how Donovan Mitchell should or should not feel in his experience in the state of Utah. That's my first reaction i don't think that we should be telling donovan mitchell hey dude this is how you should feel or hey dude like you're wrong for feeling that way no what it is is hey he feels that way and hey don i empathize with you man i understand that's how you feel and then if you want to say hey i disagree here i agree there okay fine that's your right as an american but but I'm really not here for the, hey, he's black, so that means he's lying crowd today. I'm not here for that today. And I think that we see that too often with BYU volleyball. We see that too often when athletes who are who are incredibly impactful in our community while they're here in the state, when they say things like that, I see too often people just saying, oh, well, he's lying. He's lying, right? And then it's funny how those same people are the people who are like, Oh, well, yeah, sure, black lives matter, but all lives matter. It's funny how that crowd comes in. So to me, it's a very frustrating conversation. It's a sad conversation. It's a conversation that that gets blown way out of proportion on Twitter. And I also think that that it yeah, you're right. It does hurt the Utah Jazz. It does hurt sports teams in this state because the it is it any like does it get lost on anybody that it seems like more and more athletes? Who happen to be black and really good at what they
0: do don't want to play in this state? Is that lost on anybody? Well, I, I think the biggest issue we have is our unwillingness. Not our because we have the ability, so it's not the inability, it's the unwillingness of people to talk about this. And I look at and I'm not gonna read the the heinous comments that were thrown around on Twitter yesterday about this. The And maybe that's an indictment on Twitter uh, that conversation was had. Sure, I get it. But the truth of the matter is when you look at this conversation, it's one that's vitally important for our state. It's one that's vitally important for our families and our children to have. And we don't want to have it. We are unwilling to have this conversation. And until that changes, we are always going to have people who are saying that Donovan Mitchell's a liar. Um, You know, one guy in particular on Twitter last night straight up said to me that this is not true. Donovan Mitchell's making it up and and it it, about like this traffic stop. Yeah. And about this issue like Donovan Mitchell yesterday um, in this interview with Mark Mark Spears um, talked about getting pulled over. And here's exactly what he said. He said, I got attitude from a cop until I gave him my ID, And that forever made me wonder what happens to young black kids in Utah that that doesn't have the power to just be like, this is who I am. And that was one of the things for me, I took to heart. So what is he really saying there? This is really important. He's saying, Hey, if that
1: happened to me, right? Rich, well-to-do, you know, big public figure in the community. If that happened to me as a black man getting pulled over, what happens to the guy who is your average American working a nine to five that just happened to go on a milk run to the store? Like, I think it's a great point, and yeah. I really don't like that people like, oh well, he's just lying, he's just making it up. That would never happen. That would never happen. That, doesn't, that happen doesn't happen here. here. Like, what do you mean? Yeah.
0: and i I think it's a, I think it's just a lack of understanding. And I look at, um, you know, when I again, I'm not trying to call people out by name, um, but I look at some of the comments that you know were on Twitter last night, and I look at people saying, you know, about you know, just what white men think black men experience. And that's what I really struggle with here is that, you know, like you have a guy saying, the only thing I really don't like is that he said um, is that it's refreshing and a blessing to be around people that look like him. Feels like a step backward and definitely wouldn't fly for a white person to say the same thing. Because a white person would never be in position to say the same thing. We don't have, as white men, We don't have a full understanding. And really what we lack is empathy for what black men and and people of color in this country go through. We just don't have empathy for that. We don't have understanding for that. And until we stop saying things like, oh, if a white person said that, well, a white person would never say that because we don't travel places and not see white people. like Especially in the state of Utah, Do you understand just how white this state is? Do you understand that in 2021, if you look at those numbers, do you understand that the population of the state of Utah is 92.1% in 2010? And we've had this explosion of total population. Right. All the people leaving California, all the and, you know, all the people and, coming. And we are still ninety point three percent white. I said ninety point three percent white, which is unbelievable. And I would also point out that as you as you look at this graphic, note that the black or african-american population is one of the smallest populations in our state so when you have a, a a person of color a person of brown skin saying hey i'm in cleveland it's nice to look in the stands and see people who look like me how can you not empathize with the fact that in utah when you're a black basketball player and you look in the stands, you don't see people of of color in the stands. You just don't. And that's a reality. Why are we fighting against that when the statistics clearly say that's the case in Utah? Oh, but we don't believe that. And it's offensive that he would say that. It's not offensive. It's offensive that you have no empathy And that you can't understand the pain that Donovan Mitchell experienced when the Utah Jazz for the last two years gave a scholarship away for every win. That they gave away over 150 scholarships, full rides, tuition, room and board, education. And people were pissed that they did that because it went to you know, communities and, and groups of people who were underprivileged and don't have access to those scholarships normally. And white people were upset that black people and people of color and minorities had access to those scholarships. What kind of message does that send? Like, what are we... that? And And then you get into... You get into the fact that our state is exploding. There's 3.3 million people that live here. Yeah. And yet, the white population is not markedly lower, right? You look at the fact that in 2021, the largest racial or ethnic group in Utah was white non-Hispanic, which had a population of 2.6 million. Between 2010 and 2021, the white population had the most growth increase by 343,000. That's
1: not an opinion, that's
0: numbers, (laughs) That was our facts. facts. And yet, we're arguing... With a black man who says, hey, when I looked up in the stands in Utah, I didn't see people who looked like me. So don't tell me that, that it's, it's unbelievable. backwards.
1: Don't tell me that Donovan Mitchell is being disrespectful to the
0: Salt Lake City community because he's not. And this is the comment he made about refreshing. He said, then to be able to not see many of us in the crowd, he means... People of color, I tried my best to make sure I invited young black and brown kids to games, to be around the community. But just to not see us there, it was definitely tough. And being in Cleveland now, you see us courtside. It's just refreshing, it's a blessing to be black around people that look like, back around people who look like me. Why is that wrong to say? I don't, it's not. Like, like, do you understand? Like, put
1: yourself in, in Don's shoes. If you're a white guy or gal, and you grew up in a community that was 92, almost 93 percent, let's say black, and you went to a basketball game and you were the only white person there, yeah, you think you wouldn't be uncomfortable? You think that people wouldn't look at you? And Come here's on, man, and,
0: and the bigger issue is, is what Donovan Mitchell is saying here is really damaging to the Utah Jazz. It's really damaging to the Utah Jazz um, because you think about where this team is now and trying to rebuild the organization, right? trying to add talent, trying to add free agents, trying to trade for guys. Donovan Mitchell has a lot of friends in the NBA. He is a very popular player amongst players. And I think it's incredibly difficult to imagine a top free agent who is... a a person of color, a black person, a Latino player. Like I have very difficult times believing that a black man would willingly choose to, to make his living in Utah. That's issue. after hearing these comments from Donovan Mitchell Mm -hmm. and these guys talk about this on a regular basis. And by the way, this is why I go back to, uh, BYU and the Duke volleyball situation. They had to passionately defend themselves. They had no choice. Because the, what, is the, what is the overwhelming belief? Well, yeah, of course it happened. That's in Utah. It's BYU. Yeah, of course they're racist. So now you, you, you have to passionately fight against those accusations. And the problem is you have a black man who lived here who should have been beloved and was right up until he started talking about education and history. And you have a, uh, you know, he had that run in and this is one of the more difficult, this is one of the more difficult parts of this is that Donovan Mitchell wanted to talk about the history, uh, uh the the history of of black people in this country. Yeah. And he was not allowed to do that. He was, I mean, he was, by any measure, he was attacked by Stuart Adams. Mm-hmm. There's there's no doubt about that. Stuart Adams is a Utah State Senator, by the way. Um, saying that. Stuart Adams went after him saying that, hey, you you need to get educated on black history yourself. And yeah, we have
1: that picture there too.
0: And it and it's like, yeah. wow, like what are we really? You're yeah. you're that's what your It's that bottom one there. That's that's what people are trying to that's the message that you're trying to send to people. Like it's just it, it's crazy to me that somebody like Stuart Adams, you know, would Did that? Like, I still can't believe he did that. And you see the quote there. The bottom line is, I just think that we don't have the ability to have this conversation. And the other issue is, if you look at the guys at the Tribune, they don't want to talk about it. You look at Tony Jones, who I think really has to talk about it, has not said one word about this. You look at Sarah Todd, who took the exact opposite approach and attacked people on Twitter last night. Like we have no way to openly and honestly talk about this, and I don't understand why that is. Why, as adults, why as leaders in our community, can we not talk about this? Yeah,
1: I think it's. I, I think it's. People are scared of it. I, I think that's the that's the biggest issue. People are are scared that that if they talk about it, there will be this huge backlash. And the truth of the matter is, and in 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 our industry, like as a Like if I'm being honest as a beat writer or as someone who covers a team, uh, specifically in the NBA, like when an NBA player comes out and says this, number one, you have a responsibility. But then furthermore, number two, when it's Donovan Mitchell, the guy who was the star of your team, right? Like Mr. Utah Jazz for five years, I think you have an even bigger responsibility. And so that's why today we're leading with it, because we don't work for anybody. And we have a responsibility, in my opinion, as white men to talk about this from our perspective, because Don has his perspective and he shared it. And I applaud him for sharing it. Right. But we need to say, hey, we don't have Don's perspective. We're physically incapable of having Don's perspective. And I feel like too many of us don't want to say that. Or don't want to admit that. We're too busy saying that he's lying. And that's well, an issue.
0: What you can't do is just write off his his feelings. And the, the thing that we do too often when we're having conversations that we don't like or that we can't is we just assume that somebody's lying or making something up. If somebody feels a certain way, those feelings are valid. Whether you agree with them or not is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you agree with Donovan Mitchell or... You know, if you're having an argument with your wife or your girlfriend, it doesn't matter if you agree. Those are their feelings and they are valid. And you need to take those in and and spend some time thinking about that before you just go on and and run off about about what you think. Yeah. Because I just think that's a mistake. You know, like it, it is, it's just so difficult to, I don't know how we fix this in our country. Because we just can't have conversations. We yeah. can't. We can't. Whether it's about elections or Elon Musk or, I, I mean, it's it's incredible to me that we just can't openly talk about real facts. That we can't openly talk about what's truly happening. That we can't have an honest discussion about you know about equality. And listen, if if you're the person that on Twitter last night was running on and on about how black people don't belong in Utah, okay, hey, those are your feelings and they are valid. I don't agree with them. I don't think anybody agrees with you or most people don't agree with you. I'm sure there's a, 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 a small percentage who do, but we can't sit here and say that there is no issue with equality in this state. We just can't, because yeah. I got news for you. There is a huge issue with equality in the state of Utah racism in the state of utah is and i don't even think it's it is like intentional every day the biggest problem with racism in the state of utah are people that will say well i you know that's i just don't see that i like uh, when a white person says oh i uh, that doesn't happen or you know it, the best racist of all racists are the ones that are out there dropping n-bombs and attacking people because we know who they are yeah right are they've been identified absolutely great the biggest problem and the most difficult part of racism is people who don't even understand why they're being racist they they'll say something like well you know it, that doesn't happen or i don't understand that or "Why you know why do we need to provide scholarships uh, you know, for underprivileged communities, you know, why do why do you know? The, it's the the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Like, w- w- no matter what you think of the movement, not understanding the origins of the Black Lives Matter movement and understanding why Black Lives Matter was a really important moment in time in our country for Black men and people of color, and and the argument of well, you know, white people have problems with the cops too. Yeah, they do. And yes, of course, every human being, regardless of race matters. But in this moment in time, it's black men against police officers that are having significant, consistent, repeated run-ins with cops where a lot of black men were being murdered on camera on the street. And we need to focus on that particular situation. Yeah. It's not that white people should all die and black people shouldn't. It's that in this moment, black men were having are having issues with police officers on the streets of america yeah but we didn't re- recognize that and we didn't openly talk about that we didn't care about that so when donovan mitchell shows up and donovan mitchell's talking about wanting to you know educate utah school children on the history of black America, people got all pissed about it Yeah, and people got all hot about it and said, hey, well, maybe you should go back and learn about black history. Well, what are you upset about? Why is it a problem to teach all students, not white students, not Latino students, not Asian students, not just black students, all students about where black people came from, where people of color came from and their plight and their struggle through slavery and the the you know the the fight for equality in this country you know like the history of our country why do why is you can't we can't even have a discussion about it why is why is that that's what donovan mitchell is talking about that's his issue so when he says hey as a as a black man to look up in the stands at vivin arena and not see many people that look like me it's refreshing to be in Cleveland and see court, not in the stands, sitting courtside in the most expensive seat to see people who look like me is refreshing. Why is that offensive to you? That's the stuff that I'm saying. Like, I just don't think we have empathy. I don't think we have understanding. I don't think we give a damn about what other people's feelings are, whether you're driving your car or we're talking about race relations in the state of Utah. I just don't think we care about the people next to us. Yeah, That's where I'm at with it. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I'd love to know what you guys think about it. Oh, by the way, the Jazz got torched again. They looked absent from this game. And this is the second night in a row where they looked, the second game in a row where they looked absolutely absent. And now you're going to Detroit tonight to take on Boyan Bogdanovich after getting rolled by the Milwaukee Bucks, who by the way didn't have their two best players in that game and Giannis in Middleton and you still lost by 30, which it were 26, excuse me. Then you go to, then you go to Cleveland last night and you lose by 23. Yeah. And now you're going to Detroit on a back to back. And by the way, Shockingly, I would point out that tonight, the Utah Jazz are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at 232. Yeah, kind of crazy, huh? This is These two games are the two single most concerning games of the season because there was a lack of effort. There was a lack of effort in Milwaukee, and there was a lack of effort in Cleveland last night. And if you're a Jazz fan, this should be really scary for you. Because when you see a guy like Jordan Clarkson doing whatever he wants to do, just running around, doing whatever he wants to do, that's a problem. And when you see Laurie Markkinen have a big first half and he just disappeared in the second half, again, you have to start asking yourself, okay, is this because we currently employ a rookie head coach who isn't making adjustments? Or are the players just not listening to him? And you know what the biggest problem with that is? This is the exact same conversation we had about Quinn Snyder. Is this guy just not making adjustments or are the players just not listening to him? Because what I saw in Cleveland last night was embarrassing. Yeah, This team got humiliated again. Okay, if it was once in Milwaukee, we can write that off. You went to Cleveland against Donovan Mitchell and got humiliated. And what this tells you is There's very little pride on this team for this team. You know what I mean? Like there's very little pride amongst this group of guys because they're wearing the note on their chest. These are just a bunch of guys that you brought together on nights like this. It shows these are just a bunch of guys you brought together who have no relationship and have no chemistry.
1: Yeah, and they look lost on defense. Defensively, I think is where all the issues start. I mean, you're looking at a team that that you know is allowing incredible penetration in the paint and then they're able to pass they're able to operate they're able to basically do whatever they want to do to you and you're not stopping them and and my biggest issue specifically last night was was you know i'm watching guys like vando lori markinen like i even saw jordan clarkson get a ticket dude like because you guys are just standing around watching yeah like that's that's what was happening like i'm not even trying to hate on him that's what you guys were doing you were literally standing around in the paint not being active standing flat-footed and just sort of looking at each other meanwhile evan mobley and jared allen and darius garland are having their way and so to me yeah this whole concept of belief in the team um, you know, like like believing that 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 you can get into the play-in cuz I still think that's within this team. I think that they're talented enough um to to get to the to the play-in tournament. I really do believe that. I think that's possible. But it just doesn't seem like they believe that. Like there's no way that Cleveland is, you know, whatever it ended up being like 25 points better than you. At 10 12 points, okay, sure. I can get down with that. Hey, they just beat you better team. Yep. Cool. But 25, 30 points, two nights in a row, that seems a bit excessive to me. And the problem is the defensive end stuff that I was just talking about bleeds into the offense. So Jordan Clarkson, as you were saying, just ends up doing whatever the hell he wants to do. And so then I got to ask the
0: question, okay, well, all this is happening. What's Will Hardy going to do about it? And clearly last night the answer was nothing. And what is going on with Laurie Markkinen? Like he's having these – how many times have we talked about it on the show where Laurie Markkinen will come out and have a monster first half and then disappears. Like it, it's it's a it's no longer a trend. It's the way that this team operates. Like he'll put up 18, 20 points in the first half and like six or seven in the second half. And I think it's because you don't have a hierarchy on this team. Like you can't go to Jordan Clarkson apparently and say, hey, Lori's our number one. We need to run offense to get him sets. Mm-hmm. We need to get Lori Markin in the ball where he's most comfortable. And that's why you wind up in the second half playing in these fire drills where you have Jordan Clarkson running around, hocking up, falling out of bounds, three pointers, turning the ball over, getting into the paint, not getting any offense, like just guy playing one-on-one. And the other yeah. thing we need to talk about is Jared Vanderbilt a, is a disaster right now. Like I have no idea, it, it, especially in the first half, half last night, you're just not going to box out. Jared, you're just not gonna box out. You're just you're just not gonna do it. Yeah, because you're his, not gonna go rebound.
1: His strength as a player is athleticism, right? Like that's what that's what you see in Jared Vanderbilt's game. Hey, hey, maybe you're not a great jump shooter. Maybe you're not this, you know, amazing seven footer the way some other guys are, because you you know, you can't teach size, right? But but you're athletic, right? You can develop defensively and you can be in the right spot at the right time to get that rebound for your team or to make those those plays, do the dirty work essentially. And he's not doing that. And and I don't really understand that. It's almost as if he's just kind of going along for the ride most nights yeah. right now. And it's like, like I, how many times is Jared Vanderbilt going to get sent into the first row behind the basket
0: trying to rebound? Like, it, how how's that going to happen? I think if you're Will Hardy, you have to make adjustments here. You have to make adjustments. I mean, did you guys see Yudoka Azabuki last night try to lay that ball in? Like one of the one of the issues that this team is going to be plagued by until this roster is changed. They cannot rebound effectively and they can't play at the rim with their bigs. Like they their Walker Kessler is is a, a nice young player that's developing. He is not a, a a starting center in this league at this point. He is not I was completely wrong about trying to start Walker. This is not a a starting center in this league. Jared Allen ate him up last night. Yeah. And the 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 just the the lack of compete is what was so frustrating. Yeah. the lack of of want to and maybe it's just ability. I I, I don't know. I, I am really I am really struggling with Jordan Clarkson right now. like my. My desire to see Jordan Clarkson go back to the sixth man role is huge.
1: Yeah, and I just don't know uh, why we got away from running sets. Like even if you man. even if that even if you were losing games that way, which you weren't, by the way, but like you won those first ten games or whatever out of your first ten of thirteen because you were running good offense. You were running sets, you were moving the ball, you were finding the open man. And even if Vando is a twenty five percent three point shooter from the corner, he's still going to make two of those five wide-open looks because you ran the set properly. And that's kind of what I'm... That, to me, is like the core issue overall, both defensively and offensively. Defensively, conceptually, you're all messed up. Like, you're getting lost on defense. Your pick-and-roll communication's not good. Like Like, Donovan Mitchell, like, you could see what they were doing. Donovan Mitchell brings the ball up. You set a pick, you get get the switch with Vando on Donnie, and Donnie just goes to work. Which is why you look at the box, and you're like, oh, wow, Hmm. Donovan Mitchell, 8 of 12, 4 of 5, 23 points in 23 minutes? Dude didn't even have to play 30 minutes?
0: Well, and then you look at Jordan Clarkson in his last five games. His last real quality effort, I think, was Golden State. But you look at the fact that last night 3 turnovers, 0 assists and 23 points. And people are like, "Oh, he had 23 points and he was 3 of 6 from 3." Well, the but the issue is is that he's got 3 turnovers, no assists, 2 rebounds. Like the 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 point thing in the NBA has become such a glamour stat. Yeah. But you're winning and losing games on this club with with assists and turnovers. And if you look at the the last five games, he has had five turnovers, three assists, four turnovers, three assists, four turnovers, two assists, three turnovers, three assists, three turnovers, zero assists last night. And it's it, it the points, I mean the points are great, but Jordan Clarkson's always going to score in double digits. Yeah, always. You look at last night, and you look at some of the numbers. Did you guys see the numbers? The fast break points, 29 to two for Cleveland, <clears throat> 29 to two, 14 turnovers for the jazz, 15 points. Like it's, I, I mean, it's ugly. Yeah, it is absolutely ugly. 19 total assists for the jazz last night, 24 for Cleveland, 45 rebounds, 35 for the jazz. Cleveland easily wins that. Like you just look at these numbers, you're not making free throws, you're not like, I mean, you're just making really critical mistakes that are handicapping your ability to win games. Um, It's a huge problem. All right, let's get your comments after we tell you that all of our jazz talk on this show is presented by Triday Trading, tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Get off the hamster wheel. Finally keep that promise you've made to yourself for so many years that you're gonna make significantly more money in 2023. Keep that promise to yourself. And I'm telling you, it starts by going and watching a free, no obligation webinar at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Tridaytrading.com is absolutely your way out of working that nine to five that is just sucking your soul. Yeah. If you're working that job and you hate getting up and going to work every day, if you're chasing that paycheck every two weeks, if you're the guy that's done everything from driving Uber, Lyft, DoorDash to Amazon FBA to eBay, garage sailing, stop. Stop chasing the side hustle and start by getting at getting to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Don't take my word for it. Speaking of the jazz, how about Alema Harrington? Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.comslash slash Monty. So for more information, it's tridaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. There you go. Alema Harrington telling you to get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Keep that promise to yourself and do it today. Don't wait for the new year. Do it today at trydaytrading.com slash monty all right let's get your thoughts in here we're talking about a couple of things the jazz game from last night and this these two games like how serious or how damaging do you think these two games were i think it's pretty damaging i think this team has to show up in detroit tonight and not only win the game but you got to play really well keep it real i think you got to play really well we're going to find out who you guys are tonight Because you have gotten embarrassed two nights in a row, especially the Milwaukee game when you didn't have Giannis and Chris Middleton, but you got embarrassed last night. You just got run out of the building in Cleveland. Let's see what this team does in Detroit tonight. Again, they're favored, um, which is a little surprising. Are you surprised that they're favored tonight?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I I think that you know the more and more that I look at sports lines, you know, when we're doing the show every day. The more and more you start to understand, or I at least start to understand, that these lines aren't made on what these two teams are doing, in my opinion. They're made on the national narrative. And the national narrative is that the Utah Jazz are an overperforming, bad basketball team that has the ability to beat any team on any given night. And I'm here to tell you, they have no business being a favorite in this game. Yeah, they I have agree. no business being. Uh, even even with the Pistons tonight. So to me, it's like I, I, my biggest thing here, I know we got comments, is they're just not working hard. I don't see the effort anymore. And that's my biggest issue. I don't care if you're winning or losing, but at least come out here and do your job. Run the set, play the defensive concept, like do what you're supposed to do. And hey, if that's a loss, it's a loss, but you're not even doing that right now.
0: Mark Hale's first win in this morning. Good to see you, Mark. Neville, how the heck are you? Uh, Gage Carter says good morning I honestly think it's a huge problem when Laurie Goes off in the first half he disappears in the Second give the ball to the hot hand Well I don't know that you have That in this offense I don't think There's anybody looking to say hey who's the Hot hand
1: what happens on the night when there isn't a hot Hand and you need 15 out of four guys
0: Well you still also though need to give the ball To Laurie marketing when there's no hot hand I mean he is your best player he is Your best option to get a basket And he generally makes the right Decision offensively I I he's incredibly soft defensively but offensively generally Laurie makes the right decision what's up San Diego State Carl Loveless how the heck are you Anton says good morning from Finland what's up Anton uh Jordan Brown hey guys good morning from St. Jeezy St. Jeezy what's up uh, Arlington bears. Good morning. Chris, he says, small business owners never truly get time off. Ain't that the yeah, truth? It's true. It's Ain't true. that the truth? You're managing your business on a daily basis. Uh, Jonathan Eaton, you all have been grinding, but it's paying off. Hit the like button. Almost nine K. Yeah, we're almost, yeah, there. we're moving in the right direction. Um, you guys have really smashed the curve. Really? If we're, if we're being honest right now, we are at eighty seven thirty. So 270 subscribers to go. Yep. Um, and if we get that by the end of, uh, Jan, the business, what five o'clock or the, the end of the day, if we, if we sign on Monday, January 2nd at 9,000 subs, we will take you plus one to a jazz game Yeah, against Donnie and the Cavs. We'll watch the game together. Uh, C says, raise your hand. If you've been pulled over by a cop and caught attitude from a cop, uh, I would agree with that. I think of, I think a, a lot of people have, but let's not lose perspective and s- and say that the white the traffic stop for a white guy is the same exact traffic stop for a black guy. Yeah. Because it's not. I, and I, I think everybody everybody realizes that. BB, what's up? Don talked about race. Uh, the 99% of people that watch mostly black players play in the NBA don't want to be told about how they're racist. Well, I don't think he was saying that people that watch the NBA are racist. I think Donovan Mitchell was specifically talking about the state of affairs in Utah and the the state of racial inequality in Utah. And I don't know why it's got to go to that. Why why is it,
1: you know, and again, BB, I'm not trying to come after you specifically, but I see this a lot with all due respect. Like, like, oh, Don is calling people racist based on his comments. He he's being he's telling white people in Utah that they're racist. And I just disagree. I don't think he's saying all oh, white people are racist or no. or all these people are racist or bad people. He's not saying that. The, the reaction should be, hey, yeah, clearly Don's had some bad experiences. It doesn't mean that, that hey, you know, other people who are white males or white females haven't had some attitude from a cop when they got pulled over. Again, the core issue here is we're not talking about white people's experience. We've talked about that for 200 years. I think we can take five minutes to say, hey, dude had a bad experience. That is the fundamental thing here that you
0: have to understand why are we so unwilling to empathize with donovan mitchell that's the what just is in the first three comments that we've read like why are we so unwilling to say you know what hey this is a black guy how and ask yourself this question you're a black guy driving a nice car in the state of utah and let's say in salt lake city you're a black guy driving a nice car you get pulled over by a cop and how do you think that's going to go Okay, well, let's just pretend that it, it's, it's a regular traffic stop. Okay, put yourself in the driver's seat. Put yourself in the shoes of the black man. Are you nervous? I would almost certainly think you are. Have you seen this exact situation lead to the death of, of, of many people who look like you? Well, yeah, you have. Like, why is that so unbelievable? Why is that so, why are you so unwilling to put yourself in that situation? to acknowledge that that happens in this country. I am from a family of law enforcement, right? I I, I have a, a lot of people in my family have served in the military and, and have been police officers. I can tell you that black men are treated differently. There's an assumption. There is a belief system in law enforcement. Why is that shocking to you? Why is that unfathomable to you? that's what I'm struggling with yeah because not every cop is a bad cop yet the comments want to say well you guys are attacking cops no we're not neither is Donovan but if you don't believe that black men in this country are teaching their young kids specifically their young men hey when you get pulled over put your hands on the steering wheel oh and by the way if you don't you're gonna get shot in the face put your hands on the steering wheel man Like, think about, do you, when you get in your car, ever think about where where you keep your insurance card and your driver's license? Do you ever think about that? Black men in this country every day think about that. Do you recognize that, that, that there are black men in this country who get in the car in fear and so they walk to the grocery store, they don't drive to the grocery store? That's a real thing, man. And that we refuse to acknowledge that is a huge problem. That's yeah. a real thing, Jordan Brown says. Utah football has the most diverse program in the country, built on love and family, and I don't disagree with that. But what that what's that got to do with the conversation? Yeah, what does that have to What does college football have to do with the conversation? And feel free to explain it. Uh, C says BYU volleyball was proven to be a lie. Just throwing that out there. Who said it wasn't? again what does that have to do with the conversation Did you
1: notice you notice and i just i want to keep pointing this out as we go through this because i think it's really important we're not getting comments that say wow you know
0: donovan feels that way that's really unfortunate he feels that way yep san diego state aztec says i'm going to count the number of comments today where unconscious bias rears its head however the conversation needs to continue to happen and that unbiased on that un- that that unconscious bias is so damaging to our to our community. It, it really is. Sean Mirzinski, this is from someone outside of Utah. I'm not surprised, unfortunately. I don't think people, especially in Utah, understand what he's saying, but also don't think Utah is the only place like that. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not at all. It it's is not. It is not at all. If, if you, yeah, if you go around this country that, I mean, racial inequality is a consistent problem. It is, there's no doubt about that. Jordan Brown says, let's not get into... The BYU racist or not. Yeah, I Get into it or not, it's it's here. Yeah, the, like, the problem is with all of this, you can never overcome perception. Whether it's reality or not, you can never overcome perception because what somebody perceives to be the truth is, in fact, the truth. There is a perception that BYU is a racist institution. So guess what? It's a racist institution until it's not. Like... It, you, can, you can keep saying, like, this is the BYU volleyball thing. This is why I specifically brought up the fact that they put a ton of time, money, humans, resources into proving that the Duke volleyball allegation didn't happen. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did, did somebody yell racist taunts at a Duke volleyball player? They did. Did BYU, you know, do a sham investigation? They did. You know why? Because that's the perception that be of course byu says nothing happened never mind that the people who say that stuff they have no idea about the volumes of security tape that was watched never mind that not a single person in the stands heard it like an exhaustive expensive no time money spared to get to the bottom of that situation it doesn't matter that that never happened we know it never happened the damage is done yeah it's over byu is a racist institution because that's the perception around the country. Yep, right. Like it. That's why Don Staley in, in South Carolina was so damaging. That's why Donovan Mitchell saying, "Hey, I, you know, it was tough to look in the stands in Utah and not see people that look like me." Do you know how damaging that is? The the cop story is damaging. How many black men that play in the NBA are like, "Oh yeah, 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 Utah's a racist state." Did you hear Donovan Mitchell was? Telling Spears that, yeah, he got pulled over and the guy gave him attitude and there are no, there are no black men sitting courtside. <clears throat> That's the reality now. Yeah. Because Don spoke that into existence. That's now the reality. Because the Duke volleyball player said she was taunted racially by the fans. That's the reality. So, as a community, when this happens and we bring up, you know, Smollett, he smolletted it. Like, do you know how stupid you sound when you say that? Yeah. Do you know how stupid you, you sound when you, you bring up one incident that was so egregiously over the top? And do you know how much damage you do to our state when you do that, when you refuse to have a conversation? It's crazy, it's absolutely crazy. Um, let's see, uh, Tulan says, who's fighting against it? I'm just wondering why it matters. Explain that a little bit because I don't know what you mean by that. Jordan Brown says, my wife says, I don't know what empathy is. Monty, will you help me out? (laughs) (laughs) Empathy is clearly, it is as clear as day. Can you put yourself in the position of the person that you're talking about? Can you put yourself in the driver's seat getting pulled over in a nice car, being a black man, being pulled over by a white police officer? Can you understand how that that black man feels getting pulled over by a white police officer. Can you empathize? Which means can you understand how somebody else is feeling? What they're going through? Can you understand that? Or will you try? And most people won't try. They won't. Uh, Kani Johnson, good morning. He says, jazz look like what we expected at the beginning of the season. I'm not worried on to the next. Well... That's that's interesting because I do think what we've seen in Milwaukee and Cleveland is what people thought this team would be all year, and it has not been. So, uh, C says we haven't, we have, don't have empathy. That's just not true. It's different point of view. Ask Congressman Owens about the state of Utah. Or does his opinion not count because he's a conservative? Well, what's his being a See, conservative we have to do with anything? See, good example. What's him? Why are we? What is? Burgess Owens being a conservative has nothing to do with, like, what does that have to do with the time of day, man? Like, what are you talking about? Uh, he says, black people aren't uh, a monolith, and many black men disagree with Donovan's point of view. Who cares? What does that have, Mike? <laughs> Again. Why are we spinning? Why? All I'm asking you for is, how come you're not willing to hear Donovan Mitchell out and have the conversation? Why is Donovan Mitchell automatically, yesterday on Twitter you just go and read it. He was called a liar. He was making it up. It's not true. Why do? Why are we not willing to hear him out and understand his feelings in his position? Why? What? What? It, what? What is? What is? What is the problem here that we can't have the conversation? That's what I don't get. Richard McDonald says Donovan Mitchell was great for the state of Utah. He went to games, barbecues. He'll. He, he hung out uh, at rando parties. I have several friends who kicked it with him. And he's right to feel the way he does. I think Donovan really made an effort to to try and to fit in.
1: See, and I respect that comment. Hey, he has a right to feel the way he does. You're damn right he does, right? And just because, you know, some of these comments disagree with him, like that doesn't make you some horrible person, but you're missing the point here. It's not really about whether you agree or disagree with Donovan the greater point here is what he just said perception is reality yeah three months from now you know when you're upset that no free agents or or no trades are done you know for big stars to come to the jazz when you're upset that that doesn't happen maybe ask yourself why right it's not a secret
0: yeah you know I just don't know yeah I just don't I don't know man it's really difficult to to read some of these comments today, like, and we, it, it, you know, like I look at, I look at, you know, there's, and I'm not even gonna. If you're gonna sit here and insult Donovan Mitchell, I, I, I you know, and call him a pos skeet, you're, you're out, dude. Like, I'm just not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I, I'm just not. I like, I, I, to me, when you start calling Donovan Mitchell a pos. That tells me exactly who you are, and and frankly, I just I'm not going to entertain. And again,
1: we're not the show that blocks people. You need to understand that we're not out here putting that much time into the comment section saying we're going to block this guy or that. Yeah, you're just
0: not welcome here, Skeet. Yeah, like it's uh, that that kind of comment is exactly the issue that happens here. Like you just can't. OG says uh, y'all in the comments are wild. He didn't say everyone in Utah is racist. He did say that he had uncomfortable experiences. And in the top of that, there weren't many people that looked like him. Why? He had uncomfortable Is experiences and he didn't see many people that looked like him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mike Maples says, there's no questioning the cop thing, but there's a real debate about CRT. There's a problem with the BLM organization sponsorship in the bubble. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. That's a different conversation. But I think, I think the BLM conversation on the whole is one that's got many levels to it. You know, like it's just not, yeah. Uh, Maple says he also got very political in 2020. He went on a side that is against most Utahns views and politics are toxic. There's no doubt about that. Politics are toxic. But that might be the core <laughs> Absolutely issue. Absolutely right, But But yeah. like that,
1: like you're 100% right, Mike, but that's the core issue, right? Like politics shouldn't be toxic, but be, but the fact that they're toxic in our state, plays right into what we're talking about this morning. That, that hey, he thinks, like, just as an example, he thinks one thing, I think another thing, and then I think he's some horrible person? That It can't be like that. Yeah. And that's what we're doing to Donovan Mitchell, that he's some horrible person, or we have people in the comments saying, he said everyone in Utah was racist. That's not what he said.
0: Yeah. Uh, Code said, is Donovan Mitchell the only player who uh, brought this stuff up about Utah? He's not. He's not there's a laundry list uh C said and I don't buy that we don't talk about it Burgess Owens begged the jazz to let him uh talk to them they refused um I think we don't talk about it we we as a state don't want to talk about this we we don't want to talk about it absolutely we don't why is the media not
1: talking about it yeah why 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 am I getting why am I getting tweets right the beat reporters for the jazz right are happy to tweet about it You're happy to tweet the story in Donovan's comments, but you don't have the cojones to give your opinion? Right? You're happy to get all the Twitter traffic and the analytics and and to be in the
0: feed, but you won't give your opinion, and I have a real problem with that. BB says, uh, Elon Musk allowed free speech and Dems attacked him. What a joke. No, what Elon Musk has done is he allowed free speech that was convenient. When people started asking him why he was blocking people, he then blocked them, and then tried to get their new accounts blocked. And like he said, Hey, if you're going to post links to your Instagram on your Twitter feed, we're going to turn your Twitter feed off. Mm. That's not free speech, man. That's not free speech. You know, uh, Brandon Butler says white people shouldn't be commenting on systematic racism to people that experience it. CRT is a valid discussion that needs to be had. Anybody's feelings are valid. That's the thing. I like, I. I'm not the CRT guy. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue that CRT should or shouldn't be in schools or whatever you want to say about it. I'm here to argue that Donovan Mitchell has feelings. They are valid, and he should be able to talk about them. And in the state of Utah, he can't. He can't. That's that's the problem. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's remarkable to me. It is absolutely remarkable to me. Uh, Maple says, politics have become more toxic in the last 20 years. You're right, Jake. I grew up when politics was just a different difference in philosophy now people are taught to hate and disassociate with the other side yeah yeah you, it's so frustrating that you can't like you can't talk about being a Democrat with a Republican or vice versa you can't because you're an idiot no you're an idiot no you're an idiot okay I'm never gonna talk to you again you, you just can't and we can't do that you know like it, it is we these are hugely important conversations guys Like if we can't recognize the value and the importance of these conversations, of the magnitude on our kids and their kids and their kids. Like I'm 49 years old. I'm probably not going to see resolution on race inequality in this country by the time I'm dead. But my kids and their kids and their kids are gonna have to live with this. And the fact that we will not, we refuse to elect new people Younger, different, converging viewpoints, but we keep guys like Mitch McConnell or whoever you want to point to. These career politicians like Nancy Pelosi will put their names on buildings, even though they haven't moved the ball forward. They haven't built for our generations, they built for themselves. But we don't want to talk about that, right? I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. We want it to be convenient. Yes. I agree. Jacob Delambo says the fact we can't talk about racism is sad. I agree with that. Um, Jose says, are people really arguing that Utah doesn't have a race problem? Come on, guys, especially down here in Provo. Well, I don't know that the entire state has a race problem, but we definitely have a part of our population that doesn't want to hear from Donovan Mitchell. They want him to play basketball and then go home and not talk. They want Donovan to be a robot and then hang him up on the shelf and then when the next game comes around, take him off the shelf and let him play basketball. But they don't want to hear about the fact that he actually lived his life in our community and this is how it went for him. You know, like it just, that's crazy to me. Uh, Let's see, BB said Don was calling Utah racist. That is the true perception of his comments. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt that's the perception of his comments. He didn't say everybody in Utah was racist. He never said that. Uh, Ed Kylie said, constant playing the victim grows tiresome. Uh, there's nowhere blacks are treated better than Utah. Pe- oh, stop. Guy, you're embarrassing <laughs> yourself, dude. You're, you're absolutely embarrassing yourself. And Donovan Mitchell is not playing the victim card. How is he playing the victim card? Like, again, should it not bother you that a black man is saying that he didn't feel comfortable living in our community? that doesn't bother you at all. Like that doesn't, if you don't feel a twinge of embarrassment over that, there's something wrong with you. If you hear Donovan Mitchell saying, hey, you know what? I wanted to go and talk to schools and I wanted to go and talk to youth groups and he was not allowed. And then somehow turning, you know, over a hundred plus scholarships for underprivileged communities into a problem, people got pissed that you, like that you gave away over 100 full-ride scholarships, room, board, tuition, everything. People got pissed that they gave away scholarships to underprivileged (laughs) communities. That should embarrass you. That's not embarrassing to you? That doesn't pull at your heartstrings at all? I mean, I think it should. I absolutely think it should. All right, this out of the show presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code Monty 25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's app. It is by far the easiest way to order your pizza. You can order your pizza at any time, by the way. A lot of people have asked me about this, and I've been meaning to remember to talk about this. I tell people, hey, order it at 4 in the morning and do it for a pickup at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And when you walk in the door at 5 o'clock, it'll be sitting on the to-go rack. Right there, your name will be on the receipt, your pizzas, your taking baked chocolate chip cookies. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to deal with anybody. You just take it right off the shelf and walk out the door. Boom. It's that simple. It's so easy, and that's what I love about Papa Murphy's. So there's no waiting for delivery. Oh, it's been two hours. I better call. No, dude, it's super easy. It is, from the time I order it, really, let's say I ordered it at 4.30 for a 5 o'clock pickup. From the time I order it to the time I'm eating pizza, it is well within an hour. It's so easy. I go to the one right by the Yoker Temple right there off of 4th, super easy. They're really nice people. I know what to expect. I love working with Papa Murphy's because they're so easy to deal with. Yeah. And anymore, we're going to talk about the cost of fast food later in the show because there's a Wendy's has raised their prices 30%. Yeah, you have somebody like Papa Murphy's Pizza. It's giving you 25% off your purchase. Yeah, they want you to buy pizza. They're not raising their rates. They're giving you bigger discounts at Papa Murphy's pizza, download the app. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. It is seven o'clock on the Monty show presented by the advocates. theadvocates.com. boy. Some interesting (laughs) conversations in the first hour, the best injury attorneys in the business are the advocates. Yes. uh, This morning. I think this Donovan Mitchell controversy is probably the biggest story, but I also don't want to undersell the fact that the jazz have looked terrible. The last two games. And they're back-to-back tonight. They lose in Cleveland. Donnie puts up 23 points in 23 minutes, by the way, uh, in the win for the Cavs. Now the Jazz go to Detroit tonight. They're actually favored in that game. Yeah. Which, and I understand what you're saying about lines that they're set to make people bet. They're favored by three and a half. The number's 232. Yeah. That's an interesting line right there. It so, is. how concerned about the Jazz are you? They get beat badly two games in a row. Really, they got embarrassed. They got run off the floor two nights in a row in Milwaukee and Cleveland. I'd really expect them to come out and show a tremendous amount of fight tonight. Um, and of course, this thing with Donovan Mitchell is is just going to be the the conversation of the morning. I think um, it'll be interesting to see how all of this, you know, how all of this plays out. You know, frankly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that they got to get back to who they are as a basketball team. That's what I think. I think that, that, you know, as a, as a rookie head coach, I think it's easy to get lost in the sauce. If you will, it's easy to get lost in the grind of the season. And I think that, you know, I I'm confident Will Hardy knows the fundamentals that allow this basketball team to win games. I'm extremely confident in that. In fact, I would say that I know he knows that, but I'm not confident that He's experienced enough not to get lost sometimes because all of us get lost in our work sometimes. And I think that he himself has to bring it back and they got to get back to playing the basketball that allows them to win because they don't have the luxury of Donovan Mitchell. They don't have the luxury of Kevin Durant. You don't have that
0: guy with all due respect to Laurie. Yep, I agree. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, "Morning, guys. What an embarrassment of a game! Now we know why Don wanted out. It makes me sick." Yeah, the last two games have been rough. I mean, I, I'm I, my biggest concern is the want to. Yeah, it feels like there is a lack of want to. You can't get run out of a gym like they did last night in Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland ran all over the Jazz last night. The the fast break points, the you know Darius Garland, and you know, like they're just running up and down the floor. And the Jazz are doing absolutely nothing to stop it. And I think my biggest concern is Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. I, I he, is, he is just not a productive player right now. And the energy, the effort, the defense, it's just not there. He's just not in the right place. And three, four, five times where he just chose not to go for a rebound. He just chose not to try and block a shot it's just unacceptable that that's what's really scary to me is that I'm seeing like Jordan Clarkson, just freelancing. They're just doing whatever the hell they want
1: to do. There's no strategy. There's no, you know, there's no, you're not being intentional about anything. You're just sort of like for anybody who's ever played pickup, you know, the feeling, right? When you're, when you're playing with on a bad team and you've got like one guy on your team that could maybe get his own. And if you're Jordan Clarkson out there, sometimes, I very much feel like he's just probing because he doesn't want to, you know, like he feels like, all right, I got to try and create something here. And I legitimately feel like this team should run a set every single time down. Now, that's not realistic. That's not how the game works, right? There's going to be times where you're just playing pick and roll or you're freelancing, whatever. But you got to know, and this is something that I would encourage Will Hardy to really work on. You got to be able as the head coach, Will Hardy to dictate to your team on the floor, hey, we're running this set right now. We're doing it. Laurie needs the ball. He's 0 for 4 in the second half. I need to get him a bucket. We're doing it. Like, we are doing this. And and I think sometimes Will just is chilling on the sideline in his jubilees instead of actually, like, being influential on what they're doing. That's what I want to see him improve on.
0: Yep, totally agree. Uh, All right, if you're watching the show, make sure you give us a thumbs up. I uh, would love to hear from you guys uh, on this, on the game, on the Jazz, on the Donovan Mitchell thing. I want to move a little bit to football here coming up in about 10 minutes, but uh, I'm going to read some of these other comments, and I'm going to skip a bunch of them because they're – just carefully consider what you're saying this morning. Because, I, 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 like, Ed, Kylie, frankly, I, I don't know what side of the bed you woke up on this morning. I, he, your comment of where is the outrage at Duke volleyball player – clowns there was a ton of outrage about the duke volleyball player so you you can keep trying to throw back to byu's innocent it doesn't matter what you think perception is reality yeah it doesn't matter we've talked directly about this it doesn't matter there's no outrage outside of utah for the duke volleyball player because in 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 their perception it's true that it happened because it's happened repeatedly So it's true that it happened. So you can be all pissed that people here don't agree with you. It has nothing to do with BYU volleyball. Nothing. The fact of the matter is that Donovan Mitchell, the Duke volleyball player, Russell Westbrook, I mean, the list is endless. Yeah. There's incident after incident after incident, man. So... Be upset if you want. Uh, Big Problem says, uh, there's way too many incidents in Utah. Mitchell deserved better. I remember the Westbrook incident, and people people made it sound like Russ was the a-hole, and they boo him in Utah every time he comes back. Yeah, there's a guy that's banned for life over that incident. Because on tape, on video, you hear and see what he said to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, And it's not kind. It's not kind. Eric and Raleigh says, I have a question for those who are offended by Donovan Mitchell's comments. Do you think Donovan Mitchell is a human being? Well, that's the biggest question. Yeah. Is you treat this guy like he's not a human being. You know, it's just not, it's not great. Jeff says, knee-jerk reaction is to shut it down because we don't know if there's anything we can do about it on an individual level. That's why people don't want to hear it, but there are small things we can all do. We can just listen. You don't have to do anything but listen. Just listen and understand. Yeah. That's it. Just listen to what they're saying. Neville, good morning to you. I understand Donovan living in Utah, being a Hispanic was rough. 2010, 2011, getting stopped for no reason, just for the color of my skin. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, and I I go back to, you know, when I lived in San Francisco um, and did ride-alongs with gang units. And, you know, they specifically targeted young black men in— In certain parts of town and they would find reasons like you're driving in a in an SUV with two gang unit cops and they're like, "Okay, yeah, hey, he you know, he rounded that turn. Like I have vivid memory of uh, a young black kid in an El Camino um, in East Palo Alto, California, which is in the Bay Area, making a left hand turn. And you know how there's that stop line at every intersection, that big, thick white line with a yellow line that it meets at the end, right? His wheel hit that yellow line, they pulled him over for it, searched his entire car, like ran him through the ringer. And me and this black kid, um, when you do a ride along, and you get out of the car with the cops, and they'll tell you, hey, okay, you can come up, we're gonna search this car now. And what happened was, they pulled this kid over, another another car showed up, because there were like 10 gang units, Cop 10 gang unit cops in that area. Yeah, so we pulled this car over. Another gang unit cop pulled up behind us. They take the kid out of the car, they handcuff him, put him on the curb. And I'm just talking to this kid about, you know, hey, how are you feeling right now? Like, my story was about interaction, the gang unit, you know, being aggressive in the community to try and weed out gang members. And he's like, Yeah, I've never been in a gang. I, I, I've, and I even remember he, he was telling me, Yeah, hey, I, I, I work at the store down the street and I'm not going to say the name of the store, but I work at the store down the street and my girlfriend lives five blocks that way. And every night I drive this exact same way every single night. And they searched his car and they found nothing unhandcuffed him and didn't even say, sorry, frankly. And we're like, yeah, appreciate your patience. All right. Have a good night. Got back in their SUVs and we left. And we like, went it's on crazy life,
1: right? Like, like, but, but I think it's a great point. Like, Oh, yeah hey this is this is so let me get this right so so it's a black kid in an el camino at night in in a neighborhood that that has some gang violence so because he's a black kid in an el camino and it just happens to be this neighborhood yeah we'll pull him over for being an inch on the yellow line even though you have people you know in california who wrong who drive the wrong way on the road all the time that's the problem. And then to just move on, like nothing happened. Okay. That's the world we live in. And we can't shy away from that. We have to talk about it. And again, that's why I also think this conversation of people in this town, not talking about it, who talk about the jazz every single day, I have a real issue with that.
0: Yeah. It's surprising that there is not more and I think largely because we're a church based community. I think, it, it, you know, in, in, you know, the along the Wasatch, certainly northern Utah, we're, I, we're a church based community. So the church dominates the media here. And if you think about what is it? KSL, KSL.com, KSL Sports, um, KSL Radio, KSL TV. God bless. The Deseret News. Um, the church owns all of those. Oh, by the way, by the way who runs the Zone Sports Network now? Well, KSL does, controlled by the church, right? So you wouldn't get this conversation from the Zone in the beginning because they're owned by the Jazz. The Jazz don't wanna talk about that. The church doesn't wanna talk about that. So now, when you don't have separation of of church and the media and church and state, you get a very tailored message. So you're not gonna have these conversations. Um, My guess is ESPN is never gonna have this conversation. Uh, if you if you look at the the beat writers in town, Sarah Todd is the only one that seemed to be willing to have the conversation, but it was really disappointing to see Sarah Todd attacking people on Twitter last night yeah. instead of having conversations about it. Um, you look at the, the guys from the trip, they said not two words about it. They wrote a small piece about it and then didn't reply to anybody's tweets. And Tony Jones, I don't know why Tony doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because he didn't say anything about it. So now the radio's not talking about it. The TV's not talking about it. The papers aren't talking about it. You have one member of the media and Sarah Todd tweeting about it and she's being really combative. You know who's really not talking about
1: it? Ryan Smith. She's not. And where are you at?
0: Where are you? Yeah, I and I, I think that the hardest part is anytime Donovan Mitchell brought up race equality issues uh, for people of color. He got pounded for it. Yeah. He got pounded for it. And I think that's the hard part is that we don't have a regular mouthpiece to have conversations in the community. If if we could have a sit-down with Burgess Owens, the governor, Governor Cox, Ryan Smith, you know, like Kyle Whittingham, like put all of these influential people from politics, life, sports in a in a radio studio or a TV studio. And let's do an hour on how, we're, how we can really diagnose and take steps to bring equal rights and equal opportunity for all Utah's. Yeah. But who's going to do that? The church doesn't want that. The church has a narrative, right? So that takes out KSL Radio, KSL TV, KSL.com, gone, right? Like the Salt Lake Tribune doesn't want controversy, so they're never going to do that. Right? You you have the Deseret News. Oh, by the way, that's owned by the church. Okay, so they're out. Okay, so who's left? Who's gonna do that? It's one name. Who's gonna do that? Like that's the the really difficult part of it, is that we don't have like in a, in a city like Cleveland, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles. Okay, well, let's throw those out. Those are major markets in Sacramento, San Antonio, uh, Spokane. You, like any of these secondary markets, Columbus, Akron, um, you think about Indianapolis, which is a smaller market. Mm-hmm. They all have independent media outlets who do these exact things. You know, like if you look at if you look at where where our communities are. Obviously, it's population centers like major markets. These discussions happen all the time. They happen all the time in our in our town in our in our state in Utah. They never happen. We don't have these conversations, and I think. That's why when it comes up, it's so awkward, it's so shocking, it's so difficult for people to to understand and to have conversations because you don't know how, you weren't raised talking about inequality, right? If you're a 20 something who lives in Utah and you're a native of Utah, you never had these conversations in your home growing up. You never had these conversations in your ward rooms growing up. You never had these conversations with grandma or grandpa growing up, so now, here you are, you're 25 years old, and this black guy who plays basketball, he makes millions of dollars, he drives nice cars. How difficult can his life be? Just shut up and play basketball, dude. That's the perspective. So we wonder why, well we know why, because there's no nobody in, in the state that's pushing that, and there's no outlet for somebody to push that. Yeah. Because guys like, because really if you think about it, who are the real influential people in this state? Who has real power in this state? I would think Spencer Cox has good has good reach. I think people like Spence. I think he's respected, he's listened to. Yeah. I think Spencer's very open. Governor Cox is very open to these conversations. But who else has real pull here? I think Ryan Smith is one of the most influential people black white or otherwise in this state. Ryan's not going to have this conversation. It's bad for business. He's not doing that. He's not having this conversation. Yeah. So then who do you go to? You go to church leadership. They're not having this conversation. They're not. You go to a guy like a Kyle Whittingham. Kyle's not a guy that's out front leading conversations like this. Kalani's not out front leading conversations like this. Oh, that's right. Donovan is. Oh. But what happened when Donovan tried to do that? He 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 was roundly like beat down. So that's why that's why I say like in Utah, it's a very s- steep hill to climb, which is why we don't talk politics much on this show. It's why we don't bring these conversations up much on this show, on our show, because frankly, it pisses people off, and it's just not worth. What do you always say? The juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Because we're here to to have the important conversations, no doubt. But we just spent an hour of of people saying that you know it's it's you know it's it's whatever Donovan is, he's just victimized. He's being a victim, you know, like it's. It's Ed Kylie saying, keep convincing yourself, virtue signaling to the heavens. Like that's just your head in the sand. Yeah. If you don't think race is a problem in the state of Utah, your head is in the sand or you're just choosing to ignore it. Yeah. Either way, we gotta have these conversations, man. We've got to do it at some point because it's really important. All right, um, let's see. Jose says, I think uh, I hit the nail on the head uh, with that one, Ed okay um yeah let's just move on let's talk some football because the comment section you guys i would just encourage you you're exposing yourself for who you are yeah when you make some of the comments that are that are there like and again we don't block people but i would also say look at the number of filtered comments from youtube today it's a lot it's a whole lot
1: it's a lot it is a whole lot. Usually, we have a couple of show. We, you're you're talking about
0: what? Well, it must be fifty. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I it it we we usually have one or two. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. All right. Good morning. How the heck are you? This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at Barbecue Pitstop Stop. bbqpitstop.com. It's not too late. Gift giving at its finest happens at barbecue pit stop every day at any of their five locations from Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. Jeezy. I think that's the proper nomenclature in St. George. Uh,. Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and of course, our good friends in Murray. At Barbecue Pit Stop, they have great gift giving for dad. You know, guy over here never buys me anything because he hates me. I'm a terrible father. (laughs) Um, But, you know, you think he'd buy me a Traeger mat for my smoker? No, he didn't. You think, hey. our smoker. That's beyond (coughs) the point. You think he'd buy me a Traeger mat for my smoker? Right. He didn't. Right. By the way, one of the best gifts you can give if anybody has a Traeger smoker, the cover is a must. If you have somebody that owns a Traeger and doesn't have the cover, it's a great Christmas gift because they're game changing. You can leave your Traeger outside year round and it's protected because those covers are unbelievable. Um, But anything from rubs, spices, obviously if you don't have a smoker, buy yourself the gift of smoking. And it's super easy to get into pellet smoking. Trust me when I say go to bbqpitstop.com. They have all kinds of visuals. Follow them on Instagram, tell them Monty sent you because they do such a good job of educating people. It's fantastic the work they do at BBQPitstop.com. By the way, you can also chat with them right on your website. Right on their website, there's a chat bot. Chat with them. You talk to a live human person. It's amazing yeah. the level of service you get. At barbecuepitstop.com, who presents all of our uh football talk here on the show. So big, big news yesterday. Big, big, big news yesterday. Uh, out of the the the, I don't know what what are we calling it now? The Big Ten, at USC, yeah, the Big Ten. Um, in UCLA, UCLA stole a huge recruit from Oregon yesterday, and now the question becomes: What are you as a as a as an Oregon fan? Let's say, as a Pac-10 fan, let's say. How are you feeling about what you're seeing when you see guys um, like Dante Moore, the number three recruit in the country, pulling out on Oregon because Dillingham took the job at Arizona State. He said, hey, the guy that recruited me to Oregon is gone, so I'm out. Did he stay in the Pac-10? He did not. Where did he go? Chip Kelly in UCLA. Is this a shot over the bow of the Pac-10 and is the West Coast now a Big Ten market?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I think that, that that guys like Dante Moore who have that kind of talent and have that kind of ability um, understand that they have power, that they have control over their path and their route to the league. And I think that Dante Moore understands that, that, that the Big Ten offers him a much more efficient route and, frankly, a much better route uh, than the Pac-10 does. And I think playing in the Big Ten essentially guarantees you a spot in the college football playoff if everything goes as planned. But you can't say that about the Pac-10, can you? Can't say that. So that's the pro- the problem. These guys want to be seen every week. And they don't want it to be on Amazon. They want it to be on Channel 4, ABC, ESPN, or, I don't know, NBC, or a, a, a national channel that anybody and their mother can watch. That's what they want. And that's what you're going to get... In the Big Ten. So they also understand right now in this particular window in time that the momentum that 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 UCLA and, and frankly SC has going into the Big Ten, you got to be a part of that if you have the opportunity. You have to. What better way to to legitimize yourself than to be part of that first squad that goes into the Big Ten officially and then goes on a run and wins that conference and then goes to the college football playoff and competes for a national championship? you really telling me that kids don't want to be a part of that that guys don't want to be a part of that? That's why they're going, not because John Wilner says that Bo Nix is coming back.
0: Yeah, seriously. Get the hell out of here with that, dude. This this was a huge deal, Um, and now I wish I obviously had captured that, but this is a huge deal. Um, Yesterday, John Wilner, and listen, I understand that John Wilner has a public that he has to serve. I totally understand that. John Wilner yesterday, after the news that Dante Moore was transferring to UCLA, said, Bottom line, Oregon would rather have Bo Nix than Dante Moore in 2023, and UCLA would rather have Dante Moore than anyone else in 2023. So both teams have upgraded. This is not an upgrade for Oregon. Bo Nix is a guy that runs a lot, and we saw at the end of the year, he's going to be hurt, he's going to be injured. You need at a minimum three quarterbacks on your roster. Yeah. And da- Dante Moore is the number three recruit in the country. That's not an accident. And I look, I, I have a lot of respect for for John Wilner. I know that he has a difficult job. There are expectations of Wilner. Yeah. That he is going to support anything that the the Pac Ten says and anything that the Pac 10 does. And listen, again, I totally understand that. But the idea that somehow in some way, John Wilner's just going to roll out with, oh my goodness, this is great for Oregon and this is great for UCLA and everybody wins is a complete fraud because this isn't great for Oregon. Yeah. Anytime you lose the number three recruit in the country to UCLA and the Big Ten, I don't see how that is an upgrade for for Oregon. This is a code 10 aboard. Exactly right. What this is, is spin. And by the way, the other one you better be paying attention to, because it's a big one, is Dorian Singer, all pack 10 Dorian Singer. Wide receiver, transferring from a player's program. U Arizona. How is that even possible? What a dumb slogan. Oh, but I know. thought
1: Jed Fish was doing a great job at Arizona, and Arizona well, is everyone's cup of tea. Hey,
0: for the third Arizona Wildcat to transfer to USC is Dorian Singer. Yeah. One of the best wide receivers in the conference. Yeah. How loaded is USC now? I'm telling you, this is a huge problem. The Big Ten is a draw, and I, and I think this is probably the bigger conversation that we need to have how much damage is the Big Ten already doing after the UCLA announcement? Because I, I think it's significant. I think the Big Ten now owns Los Angeles. Yeah. I think the Big Ten is already bringing more talent to and taking more talent from the Pac-12 in Los Angeles. Facts. Because they're taking recruits from Oregon, from Arizona, and they're plugging them into Los Angeles. And those, those kids, you look at what Dante Moore said, He wants to play in big games. He wants to play in the Big Ten. I'm for real. Why is that? Because the Big Ten upgraded, with all due respect to John Wilner, the Big Ten upgraded here with USC and UCLA and Dante Moore and Dorian Singer. That's a huge upgrade. This puts USC in position not to win the Pac-10 next year, but to compete for a national championship.
1: How about that?
0: And we talked about this the other day. There's one goal at USC every single year, especially now with Lincoln Riley at the helm. They want to win a national championship. That's it. They're not here to win a conference championship. Yeah. They're not here to go to the New Mexico Bowl. They're here to play for the national championship of college football. And Jake, I think this is the beginning of the end for the Pac-10. Yeah, I and
1: mean, we've seen it coming for months. I have no, I have no problem saying that. We've been saying this for months, that once UCLA is confirmed and going to the Big Ten, that, that was it. That was end game. It's over. End times. Conference is dying right now. This is the beginning right here. Remember this day. Remember December 20th of 2022 at 728 Mountain Time. We told you this was day one of the end of times for the Pac-10 because it is. You cannot. This. So do you see how this works? Right? Everyone's all pissed off about transfer portal and NIL, and people are cheating. And you got this guy in San Antonio who's all fed up because P5 programs are rolling into practice and talking to guys, right? Okay, be upset about it. But here's what I got to say it's the new age, it's the new era. Be upset or get on board, Kyle Whittingham. Be upset or get on board, George Kleavkov. It's time. Like, you need to get this now. If you are, you know, an ASU fan, I love what ASU is doing. I love the aggression. I love the, the, the proactiveness with which they're getting young, better head coaching, which is allowing them to go and get, you know, recruits like Jacob Conover, you know, or any of these other guys they've gotten. I love it. The problem is it's too late for you. Like, you got to get out. You got to get to the Big 12 now. If you're a PAC school, it has to happen.
0: Yeah, this is a huge deal. And by the way, if you look at Arizona State, Drew Pine's not going to BYU. He's transferring to Arizona State. And so, again, I ask, what is going on with Jacob Conover? Why did Jacob Conover end up at Arizona State? Like, it's fascinating to see all of these kids making these transfer decisions. I hope somebody's advising them. Like, I look at this situation, Uh, At BYU, Clark Barrington entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Why is he not going to the NFL draft? I think he's given up two career sacks at BYU. You said to me today, oh, BYU's got an exodus. I don't think BYU has a transfer problem. I think Clark Barrington transferring is the exact wrong move. It's a shocking mistake. Clark Barrington should be going to the NFL. He should not be going to college. He—that's a guy that's a. Uh, in my opinion, he's probably a first three rounds gone. Clark Barrington. I mean, guard in the NFL has become such a premium position. I—it's I, just shocking that he would continue playing college football. Now, if he goes to Baylor with his brother, okay, maybe I understand that. He should be going in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, do you, so what? It, run that back for me. What do you What do you think about BYU's transfer I, I situation? I think
1: that that guys are are the problem. Is is you have big names who who have left that were either that were like guys like Clark Barrington who are now type players who are were helping you now. And they're transferring or
0: going to the league, whatever the situation. I is. I think Clark Barrington's the best player who's transferred.
1: Yeah, but I but don't I think also there's any think doubt about that. that. We're going to have a conversation in fall camp about the fact that you don't have a good quarterback, or that Jaron came back and you have nobody behind him because you're not developing guys, so they're leaving. They're you're not giving guys opportunities, so they're leaving. They're going. Who, who, like, with all due respect to Soljay, right? I get it. It was your first game. Like, really, Jay's the guy we're most excited about. That's what I'm concerned about. So, yeah, maybe 50 guys haven't left the program. Yeah. But what I do know is that there's a lot of talent that's left the program that either would have been in your pipeline that could have been a starter for you and could have contributed and could have been that next guy up in the system. But they're gone now. And I'm not confident, with all due respect to Kalani, that he's going to roll into the Big 12 and backfill all that talent. Yeah. That's what I struggle with. So, yeah, maybe it's strong to say that there's an exodus of talent. There's not like a bazillion guys leaving. But I do think that the BYU's got a problem with talent right now.
0: Well, I mean, it, it is it is troubling that guys like Peely and Barrington want to go be grad transfers and play somewhere else. But I also think that's an indication of the the incredible difficult future ahead in the Big 12. I think that to to get into the Big Twelve, you're going to be fortunate to be bowl eligible your first year. Honestly, I think just in the programs that you're coming in with Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati and BYU, like that's a that right there. That group is a very difficult hill to climb. But then you throw in the you know Oklahoma State. You have to think it's going to have a bounce back year in Oklahoma and Kansas and K State and TCU and you have to think that this league is only getting better in football. And then let's not even talk about basketball at this point. But I just think it's disappointing to see Peely and Barrington in the portal, but you understand it. I understand it, but I don't understand why Clark Barrington's not going to the NFL. To me, that's a, that's a lost opportunity. That's a lost opportunity. You know, like it is, it'll be interesting to see how all that looks out, works out. Um, I see a lot of you still in on Don. Um, apparently, uh, Blake Phillips is not a fan. He says, um, he says, screw Monty. He says, unsubscribe. Monty and Jake should stick to sports, not demean, demean their listeners on every topic. All Monty does is say rude comments and jokes. Well, let's get something straight right away. If you're going to come in here and be a racist, I'm not going to be polite to you. I'm not gonna be polite to you. And when you say some of the things that have been said in the comments section this morning, sorry, man, I'm I'm not going to just let that pass. And listen, Blake, this is absolutely a free country. If you choose not to subscribe to this channel, we appreciate the time that you've spent here. We appreciate the time that you were subscribed. I have no hard feelings for you. But if you're gonna be a racist and say racist things, and this is the first comment I think I've ever seen from you, so I don't know what your feeling on this is, if, if you don't feel like I've been fair this morning, please find your way out. I'm not gonna beg you to stay because my feeling on this Donovan Mitchell topic is very, very clear, very, very clear. I think everybody deserves to be heard. Everybody's voice deserves to be heard. Everybody's feelings are valid and we need to have conversations like this. And if you're not a fan of that, please feel free, find your way out. I, 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 don't, I don't mind it at all. I do not mind it at all. I, I just and listen i I think I think it's very important to say, I appreciate everybody who's participated in this conversation today. yeah, I we don't again, we don't block people or like you want to be a racist out yourself, but just know our comments section is a community of people that are not going to give you a free pass. yeah, you're not going to walk in and make all these crazy comments and. That's just not the show. Our comments section—we take a great deal of pride in the interaction that we provide on this show. Yeah. Frankly, we have always said the best part yeah. of the show is your comments. Yeah, and by so. the way,
1: like rolling in with oh unsubscribed. Okay, cool. Yeah, like I—it I, just is not. It's not some death knell on our show, dude. Like we do this show five days a week. We have the realest discussions in Utah, and I would say some of the realest discussions in our country. And I think that, it, again, if you don't
0: want to be here, that's fine. Cool. There's another show out there for you. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Best of luck to you. Pie Piper says, do you guys think that Oregon and Washington will jump to the Big 12 if the Big 10 doesn't come calling? I think the next round of realignment is going to be fascinating to watch because I have to think in the new year, early in the new year, because don't forget it, early signing day is tomorrow. Yeah, Like that is a big, big deal. Early signing day is tomorrow you are going to know the impact of ucla and usc to the big 10 tomorrow (laughs) you are going to understand texas and oklahoma to the sec and by the way there's a conversation going on and on and on i probably undersold the lead on this the reason that the schedule's not coming out and thank you everybody who who dm me and asked me yesterday why the schedule's not out I believe from what I've been told that the big 12 is trying to allow Texas and Oklahoma to go to the sec right now, right? Meow. So they don't want, they're not releasing a schedule and it's been consistently delayed because I think they're trying to, to allow Oklahoma and Texas to go now. Yeah. And I think part of that problem is, is then that USC and UCLA will want to do the same. The big 10 will not want to wait another year. So I think there's a lot of moving pieces. From what I understand, all the schools in the Big 12 know their schedule. The schedule is in the hands of the the ATs and the football departments. They know what that schedule is. It's simply a matter of making it public knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's not as though the schedule has not been written. It's tentative because they're trying to figure out what they're doing with Texas and Oklahoma. There is a massive schism, a divide, a problem in the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, Because I think we saw it. With Mike Gundy across this entire season, especially at Media Day, nobody wants Texas and Oklahoma involved in Big 12 conversations. Nobody. Nobody wants them on conference calls. Nobody wants them on video links. Nobody wants them involved in Big 12 business. And I think that's one of the things that's really pushing this decision with the schedule forward is that people want Texas and Oklahoma out of the conference just as soon as possible. And there's no reason to keep them now. There's no reason to keep them. Let them go. If you can get out of here early, knock yourself out. The problem is, is that that new TV deal doesn't take effect. And Texas and Oklahoma are part of the current TV deal. So there's a lot of moving pieces and parts in place. Yes. But keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Tulin says maybe he doesn't want to play in the NFL, might be going for NIL money. You mean Clark Barrington. Could absolutely be. I mean, he was a huge T-shirt guy with Koot Connect. Yeah. You know, with the mustache T-shirt I think he had. And yeah. Yeah, it'll uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, exactly, you know, where all that plays out. Greg Romano says, uh, I'm more disappointed in losing uh, Ross and Thanos. Well, the Thanos thing... And we're still trying to get them on the show, by the way. They've, they've been very willing to come on the show. We just haven't been able to get a date. Uh, but the Fanos thing's a big deal. I mean, you're losing guys that are big contributors. Yeah. Big, big contributors. So, you know, and we'll see how they play at Utah. I mean, they're both the, – the brothers are transferring to Utah. And, and I say, hey, great pickup for Utah, right? Um, and Because I think they're – I think the world of both those kids. I think they're both huge contributors – I think Logan, unfortunately, with the knee injury, and but he's back. He's healthy. I think he's going to be an absolute – he's going to be the next star sack man at, at Utah, I think. Like, the sky's the limit for that guy. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, yeah, I think – you know what, Romano? I think you're exactly right. I think I think the Fanos thing is a huge problem. Yeah. It's a huge problem. And the Tuiyaki defense – I would agree with you. I think Elisa Tuiaki lost more than games, and I, you know what else? I think. I think the the hesitation to make that change. I think that long period where they were trying to get Sean Nua into the into the program, and you waited on Ed Lamb. I think if you'd have fired Tuiaki and the day the season ended, you would have hired Ed Lamb. I think the Fanos brothers may well have been here. It was one of the questions I want to ask him. Yeah, it's one of the questions I want to ask him, because I just don't. I it it just does not compute to me. That it's 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 a football problem. It's a football problem. But I also think, by the way, there are a lot of kids, and I don't know that this is the thing with Logan or whatever, but there's a lot of kids who don't want to be the first year on the first year team in the Big 12. <laughs> Can you blame them? No, because it's going to be an ass kicking. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely an issue. The biggest stories in sports every morning on this program uh, are brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you stop by Quick Quack Car Wash and you tell them, hey, Heard about you guys on the Monty show. What's this wash pass business stuff? Uh I'm I I get their top-tier wash pass every month, $21.99. I'm a huge believer in supporting small business, and you absolutely should do that. That's what quick quack car wash is. Now, you know it's a national brand, but all of those, all those those spots here in Utah are owned by an entrepreneur. That's a small business that's being built. Support small business. Get yourself to a quick quack car wash. It's super easy. And again, we talk about it every day on the show. Yeah. You know, the line is long. I can't wait in that line. It quite literally is five, seven minutes you're there, right? Bring your kids because you go through the tunnel. There's all different colors and flashing lights. And you know, I love that at the end, you know, when you're getting your you're going under the dryer and the lights are flashing. Wait, 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 wait. At quick whack, it says duck, 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 duck. And then when you <laughs> go, it says duck, duck, goose. I'm for real. Which is totally cool. I love that. I love that there's lights. The soap is different colors. And yeah. It's a lot of fun. Honestly, it's just a good experience going to Quick Quack Car Wash, mainly because the people make it great. So go check them out. Tell them you heard about it on The Monty Show. Absolutely. I think this story with Donovan Mitchell, A, the Jazz got blown out in Cleveland last night for the second game in a row. Yeah, it's not good. Three and a half point favorites tonight in the Motor City. They take on the Pistons at right. 5 o'clock tonight. Make sure you check that game out and then come and react tomorrow morning right here on the Monty Show. Um, but this Donovan Mitchell race interview thing that he did with Mark Spears, um, where he had some real harsh comments for the state of Utah. Uh, no doubt this story about him getting pulled over. Here's a, the, a direct um piece of that interview from Mark Spears, an excerpt where he said, I got an attitude from a cop until I gave him my ID. And that forever made me wonder what happens to the young black kid in Utah that doesn't have the power to just be like, this is who I am. It's Mm -hmm. a very powerful statement, very powerful statement, um, from Donovan Mitchell. And a lot of listeners this morning in the comment section are very upset that we're talking about it. Uh, but I think it's I think it's an incredibly important conversation. And of course, yesterday, the other biggest story in sports, um, no no question at BYU, I think there were some people stunned uh at the news uh that Clark Barrington is transferring. He is in the transfer portal as a graduate transfer. Um, you know that he, I think there's a good chance he winds up with Grimes at Baylor. We'll see. I don't know. Um but Jake's reaction to that this morning was that BYU is reeling and that they have an exodus through the transfer portal. I disagree with that. I think obviously losing guys like Keenan Peely and losing guys like Clark Barrington is never ideal on top of the graduate you know, loss that you are facing. That's never ideal. But again, I think we would have known already if Jaron was leaving. My guess is Jaron returns. I don't know that to be fact. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see at the end of the day, how all of this shakes out and who winds up being the starting 22 uh, for BYU football. That's going to be fascinating. Early signing day is tomorrow. I think those are your biggest local stories. I absolutely think that, um, you know, this conversation that we've been having about the Big Ten um, versus the Pac-10 and guys like Dorian Singer from Arizona transferring to USC is absolutely a huge story. And, I do think that the Big Ten owns Los Angeles. Yeah. I think that now you're seeing already the impact. Oregon losing Dante Moore, the number three recruit in the class, a quarterback and a very high level quarterback. um, I think is a huge loss.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think you know it was a snowball effect waiting to happen. Literally, like I think if you picture in your head a snowball sitting at the top of a hill, waiting for the board of regents to say, "Yep, UCLA, you're good to go." Start rolling that thing downhill. You know. Uh, and frankly i think you're going to dominate the west coast if i'm being totally honest because think about it they have the ultimate package now you've got southern california you've got the big 10 media deal which allows kids to be seen way more heard way more like which allows them to be recruited into the nfl a lot better like a lot to be seen by scouts like everything you could ever want like that is why they are going to dominate and that is why the pac-12 without Southern California is going to become irrelevant with all due respect to Washington
0: and Oregon. And again, I will just tell you again, I will just tell you Gonzaga is a huge piece. Yeah. Gonzaga is a huge chip, dude. Gonzaga. And if you get Gins- Gins- Gonzaga, Gonzaga, no, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. If you get Gonzaga in the big 12, I don't see how the pack pack 10 survives. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that Gonzaga basketball and baseball and the rest of their sports would be a huge ad for the Big 12, huge ad. And if it's less revenue, I mean, you're not going to make less than you're making in the WCC now. Um, if you're Gonzaga, going to the Big 12 is a step up. And I, I think if, if they come in on a, on a prorated share because they don't drive football revenue, I think Gonzaga has no choice but to say yes to that because how are, how are you, Gonzaga, going to go to the pac-10 and say yep i think you guys are the better choice you don't have a tv deal and you're probably a stream league but i think you guys are the better choice for our kids and our brand <coughs> that doesn't make a lot of I sense I mean, you
1: know since the pac-10 is putting the health and safety and well-being of kids first you know
0: yeah yeah i i <laughs> you know look it's back of the envelope calculations from Kleovcock, please yeah yes 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 you know Uh, K. Nuren says, BYU can get the players to win. It will take time. It will take time. It is, you know, one of the interesting conversations about BYU, the Big 12, is your level of confidence that Kalani Satake is the guy to build this program. And we did a video on that yesterday on a YouTube short and people lost their minds over it. (laughs) I'm not saying to fire Kalani Satake. I don't know how long the leash is, though. I I really don't. I don't have... A firm grasp on how much leeway Kalani has going into the Big 12.
1: How quickly the tides turn if you're a four-win
0: team. Yeah. I mean, but also I don't think that BYU is an institution that routinely fires guys when they have a bad season. Yeah. And I don't think there's also any doubt. Last year, this past season, you're 8-5. and This was a bad season. This was not a good season by any stretch. And the question is, you made significant changes on your coaching staff and in the football department. Does that translate immediately to wins in the Big Twelve? I don't know the answer to that. The portal, you know, seemingly would make it easier to grow and develop. I mean, Utah certainly didn't have that advantage when they went to the Pac-12. Right? Does Does BYU get a boost? Is BYU a program that you can see routinely leveraging the transfer portal? I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. You know, Can't like
1: definitively say yes yeah.
0: Because again, I think just because you're going to the Big Twelve doesn't mean that that you know, culturally, things are going to change at BYU. I mean, you still have the honor code. You still have, you know, you still have a very different student experience at BYU than you have at most other major football programs. So you still have some of those issues to overcome. Yes. But I think Kalani's also shown that he can recruit at a high level. Ed Lamb is a fabulous recruiter. He is. Kelly Papinga is a fabulous recruiter. I'm just curious, what does that translate to in the Big 12? Because I also think you look at the Big Ten adding really power coaches at Wisco and at Nebraska, and you're already seeing Nebraska is is flipping big recruits. Matt Rule is flipping
1: big recruits. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're a prospect, with all due respect to BYU, why why would
0: you go to BYU over some of these other programs? But like, I, I also think the question is, does Luke Fickle make Wisconsin football a contender?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he's got the power, too. I think that he's, he's certainly shown that, that he can take a program like Cincinnati and turn them into something. So why wouldn't he be able to do that at Wisco? You know, yeah, and, it,
0: it, Well, because I think Wisconsin offers a certain set of circumstances as well. I mean, you're in a very conservative part of the country. Grades matter at Wisconsin, where I don't think they matter as much at Michigan and Ohio State. And I, I think grades matter at, at at Wisconsin. Grades matter at Northwestern. Grades matter at in, Indiana. Grades matter at Iowa, which has been a, a constant narrative and part of the problem with the bottom half of the of the the Big Ten. Yeah, and the the cultural fits of a guy like a Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Should you expect Luke Fickle to restore the glory of Barry Alvarez and the Badgers? I do. I'm a big believer in Luke Fickle, but I I just I think that that. Man, when you put UCLA and USC and you see Chip Kelly's always been a really good recruiter. Let's, yes. I mean, yes, he's not the greatest football coach, right? That bro can recruit. He's always got talent. They're gonna win more games than they're gonna lose. Yeah, I don't know if you can say that about BYU and the Big Twelve, especially right out the gate. I, I don't. I think that's going to be challenging. Brett Burnett says BYU did fine, could have won some of those close games they lost. I don't know if I can agree with that. Would you agree that BYU could have won the Arkansas game? Were they ever in the were they ever in the Oregon game? Certainly not. Were they ever in the Notre Dame game? Were they ever in position to win the Notre Dame game? Um I never got the feeling in that game because Drew Pine was really conservative in that game. Yeah. And Notre Dame controlled the clock. I never got the feeling they were in that game. Were they in position to beat Arkansas? Certainly not. Were they ever in position to beat Liberty? Certainly not. East Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. That's a game that could have gone either way and they just couldn't make a play. Yeah. Okay, you're nine and four. Okay, nine wins is a hell of a lot better than eight, I guess. But you were never in position in in four out of those five games. I never thought they would beat Oregon. Yeah, never. My, I was my, never in. I never had the feeling during that game that they would beat Oregon.
1: My bigger problem with the comment is, is that's the assertion at BYU. Yeah, you did fine. You did fine. You know, you did fine. Well, that's yeah, interesting. Could have won some more games, but we did fine. If you're going to have that mentality, you might as well just pack it up and and be a five win. Yeah, and Brent,
0: Brent, I'm a little surprised by that because you're not usually the BYU did fine guy. Or at least you don't strike me as that. Uh, he also says Big 12 basketball is going to be crazy good. Yes, it is. Dude, can you imagine that league? No, dude. <laughs> and I, I'm being serious. If you look at that league in Zaga. and you stop. If you look at that league and you start to understand just how good, just how good the Big 12 is right now. I, I can you imagine at like BYU is no pushover in basketball, right? Ask Utah. Okay, I'll stop. Um if you look at the Big 12 right now. You ask yourself, how are you going to walk past that? Any of the teams at Kansas, Kansas right now is what ten and one, and I mean they're just very good. They're oh, very real. good. K State right now ten and one, TCU nine and one. Like I, I don't know how you get away from this. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't know how exactly if you look at um, if you look at the Big Ten, for instance. Like you're better than the Big Ten by a lot. Purdue, the number one team in the country. Okay, you're 11 and 0. Is there anybody in the in the top of the Big 12 that Wisconsin basketball is better than? I don't think so. Yeah. Mm. I don't think so. Michigan, Michigan should be better. <laughs> like I listen, and I'm not even saying like Illinois should be a better program the right fighting
1: a LINE eye.
0: Top 20 team. Top 20 pro, uh, a tournament team. Absolutely they're a tournament team. But I think I could make I think I could make the the argument like look at the WCC <laughs> right now. If you look at the West Coast Conference, Santa Clara's 11 in 3. Gonzaga's 9 in 3, 11th in the country. Right? Like I mean the wcc and i think loyal marymount we'll see what what lmu turns into i think they're going to be good is byu a tournament team probably not at this point you wouldn't say they are no 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 you wouldn't say they are but to say that the big 12 is is going is a good basketball conference dude good mm, luck yeah. i think it's the best in the country tanner plummer byu won't beat utah tech at greg Romano. they're a sleeping giant right matt why why well, bring up Utah Tech? Why? By the way, um, I must get two DMs a week. Yeah, telling me that we do you you guys don't talk enough. Utah Tech women, excuse my loud bell. I thought you said Utah Tech women. Adam Monks, Utah Tech women are kicking ass this year so far. I know it's a small college, but man, I just wish our college got more talk about it. Teresa fine says you guys never give any love to the Utah tech women's program. Did you see what their soccer team did? Talk about it. What are you talking about, man? What are you? Okay. All right. Uh, Utah tech women's soccer on the program right now. Like, are you serious, bro? Like Utah tech soccer. Stop it. What are you doing? But I will tell you, Utah tech is a sleeping giant. If they get into a, a, if they get into a larger conference, you can joke. You can joke, I'm telling you. Richard McDonald, good morning to you. It just really feels like the Big Ten and the SEC are sucking all the air out of NCAA football buildings. Well, you're not wrong about that. Um, Luis Capazzo said, I said fire him a few years ago. The Y has a problem and it lands on the head coach. I'm really concerned that Kalani Satake is too nice in a lot of different ways and a yeah. lot of different aspects. Yep. Yeah. I do. All right. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. I know we've been a little discombobulated this morning. We're presented, as always, on Football 50 by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Should the LA Rams fire Sean McVay? You went from a Super Bowl to out of the NFL playoffs. The la rams eliminated from the playoffs last night jake are you firing sean mcveigh no
1: i think that the rams have dealt with injuries i think that they are just not in a position to play winning football right now and i think you got to give sean mcveigh a lot of credit for for bringing in baker a guy who's really struggled to stick in in these different opportunities and so far obviously small sample size but so far it's been good now last night You lose, obviously, but I think, you know, like you look at, I I just think that it's not, this is not like Cliff Kingsbury. This is not like some of these other coaches who clearly just need to go and you need to find someone better. I think Sean knows what he's doing, but in the NFL, you got to have talent out there to win
0: football games. I would not fire Sean McVay. I would give him one more year. But I am a guy who also says that the year after you win the Super Bowl is one of the most difficult years of your coaching career. And I think we're seeing that with him now. Yes. But if you look around the NFL, by the way, I don't know how many people saw the story yesterday. People believe around the NFL that uh, Drunky the Clown, our guy Steve Kime, the DUI kingpin. Buddy with the Raptor. uh, Will be fired after the season and that there are issues that are not health related as to why he's on leave. Um, They had an assistant coach that was caught on tape groping a woman, I believe it was in Mexico. They sent him home and terminated him. Many people in the organization thought that tape was Steve Kime groping a woman, allegedly. It was not, it was the assistant coach, but the assistant coach now has filed a lawsuit and said that it's a case of mistaken identity. Uh oh, bro. What? Yeah, it, the Arizona Cardinals are it's a mess. It's not me. It's someone who just looks like me. It's Drunky the Clown. Good lord, man. Um, we are coming down the stretch in the NFL. By the way, Jalen Hurts hurt his shoulder. My Chicago Bears. Jalen Hurts hurt. Bears.
1: Him. Yeah, he got. He, Jalen Hurts is hurts against the Bears. You know. Yeah, uh,
0: he cannot miss the Cowboy game. He won't. He won't. You really don't think you think he'll play I wouldn't play Jalen Hurts until he's a Hundo P because they're going to the playoffs. There there is there is no doubt about that. I mean, they are number one by two games in the NFC. And is there anybody who believes that Skull, the Minnesota skull. Vikings, are are going to beat them out? I yeah, come I mean, on. Maybe
1: you don't play them and you just start. You live with the result against the Cowboys. Maybe you do that. But uh, if if Jalen Hurts is any kind of, but you it's know, your
0: it's your it's your guy, dude. My guy. It, yeah, it, I know. Dak it's, is it's my your guy. guy, Dak Prescott. Dak
1: Is so amazing. You know,
0: it, it's. I sit I would not play Jalen Hurts until he his shoulders as close to 100 percent as it's going to get, because. I just think they have the defense, and I think when Jalen Hurts is is willing and able. And by the way, he did play the rest of the game against the Bears. The Bears. So it's not catastrophic. I would not play him against Dallas. I ju- yeah. I just wouldn't. I mean, it is. An I opportunity would not risk it. Him. It's an opportunity. I, I yeah. just I would not risk it. Yeah. I mean, you got hurt against the Chicago Bears in a game that is rather meaningless. The Bears are terrible. Yet a defensive lineman fall on him. What happens if that happens again against Dallas? And he breaks a, a shoulder, or you know, injures an AC joint, or a collarbone. Like I just don't think he can take the risk. Yeah, I really don't. If I'm the uh, if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm also uh, in addition to not playing Jalen Hurts, I'm getting him Papa Murphy's pizza. Papa
1: Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one: carefully knead dough. Step two: artfully spread sauce. Step three: add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four. Realize we already did all that for you, so all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's change the way you pizza.
0: Use the promo code Monty twenty five to get twenty five percent off your purchase at twenty five dollars or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Again, as a rule, and I know that you know. We suck and we're terrible on this show, according to the guys comment are all section today. Subscribe and um, this is a
1: brutal show.
0: But you know. right, if you are, you know, <laughs> if you're a Monty show fan, you know that you have to use barbecue sauce on your original crust pizza at Papa Murphy's. Right. Uh, so make sure you use the promo code Monty25. And of course, don't forget your take and bake. Uh, chocolate chip cookies at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And I, I'm serious, if you're just tuning in, we've had a We've had an interesting show this morning. We certainly have had a lot of intensity. If you're one of the 135 people that are here right now, please consider giving us a like. Hit the like button. It really helps the channel grow. Um, but we've really had a pretty serious discussion about this Donovan Mitchell thing, and I am just really thankful um, that there's a lot of you who have been open to having the discussion. And, and you know, I'm thankful for everybody who's here. Everybody freaking out over, um, you know, everybody freaking out over the... Uh, Donovan Mitchell stuff and we've yeah. had a lot of people upset with some of the things that have been said in the comments and by one of the hosts on the show um, I would uh, also oh. tell you I appreciate you I do I, I think these it, these discussions are incredibly important in our community and
1: well, and I think no one's having it right like yeah like again not I'm not saying we're better than other people but what I am saying is we're having it
0: and, yeah there's most 99% of the media in this town are not talking about this today and I understand that you, and I understand you have choices and those of you that choose to spend your morning with us. Thank you. We are always humbled by that. We are always appreciative of that. Um, we're at 67 likes. So let's go ahead and pump that number up. Those are rookie numbers. Pump those numbers. Yeah. up. Yeah. Give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Helps the channel grow. Again, if we get to 9,000, uh, if we get to 9,000 subs by the uh, end of uh, the the morning of the 2nd, January 2nd. This Pumped is what we've up. decided. Yeah, pump those record. numbers up. Right? Pump those numbers up. Yeah. If we start the show on January 2nd, which is a pretty much a national holiday. Yeah, again, once again, no one's going to be talking except us. We'll be here on January 2nd. If you if we start the show with 9,000 subs, we are taking you plus 1 to the Utah Jazz game against now your best friend Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, you guys beloved figure.
0: Yeah, we are at 8732 for subscribers, so we're right there. That's 268 subs we need. We really should be able to get to 8,900 before the week's over, dude. We re- Well, we'll see. I don't know, I, I am, uh, yeah, we'll see. That, that'll that be interesting um, to see exactly how all that plays out. But yes, we are at uh, 8732. Right. Um, And all we need is 9,000. And the way that promotional work is we'll get a black car um we'll get a, an uber xl black we'll take you to the jazz game we'll walk into the team shop you can get a jersey a custom jersey i would tell you get one of the sweatshirts don't, you don't know. get a player jersey now um but hey get whatever you want and then we'll buy lower bowl tickets the four of us will watch a game together it'll be amazing yeah it will be balls. so we appreciate you uh go ahead and give us a thumbs up that really helps the channel grow And let's actually talk a little bit of uh, Utah Jazz Basketball. Here on The Monty Show, presented by The Advocates. uh, You can find them online, theadvocates.com, Utah's best injury attorney. And really, no matter where you listen to this show, you need an attorney, get to theadvocates.com. There's never any consultation fees. There are never any retainers. You do not pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case at theadvocates.com. They have that cool little button on their website, and you just hit talk to an attorney now. You can chat with an attorney for free online 24-7 at theadvocates.com. The Jazz last night get absolutely torched by Johnny uh Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Juzang. Uh by Don and the uh Cavs 122 to 99. Donovan Mitchell puts up 23 points in 23 minutes. What what is your what is your takeaway from that game? Are are you concerned? Is are you indifferent? What are your I mean, thoughts on I, it?
1: I I think concerned is a fair word to use. I think that that I'm not here for hey this is who we thought they were. I'm here for they need to be better. I'm here for Will Hardy needs to do his job better. I think that this team there's no excuse for a basketball team getting lost on the floor. If you are out talented, if the other team is just simply better than you and you're playing your best, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. That's all right. You're 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 doing everything that you could possibly do. To win the game and they're just better than you okay we can live with that but that's not what's happening here what's happening here is you're not running offensive sets you're allowing allowing jordan clarkson to hit his you know his nightly quota of four to five turnovers which is killing you you're you're allowing walker kessler to be soft in the paint you're allowing laurie markinen to have 25 in the first half and four in the second half that's not good enough and and to me You know, I love Will Hardy and what he's done with this team so far. I think he's done a phenomenal job. But there is work to do. And I think a lot of the times on nights like last night or against Milwaukee, you're seeing a young head coach be a young head coach. I should see, as I said last hour, Will Hardy in his jubilees at the half-court marker telling, hey, telling these guys we're running this set. This is what we're doing this time down because we have these guys on the floor. Run this set get Laurie the ball when he's 0 for 4 in the second half and can't find a bucket, right? Like, get get these things done to allow us to get back into our flow. There's no excuse to lose by whatever they lost by, 25 or whatever it is, to Donnie. That just shouldn't happen. I understand losing by 10. I get that. I almost expect it, I get playing against Donnie the first time. I get it losing yep. by 25, getting embarrassed, not showing effort, that's, un- that's, that's unacceptable.
0: That's what I'm concerned about, is that I think what you're seeing for the first time this year out of this Utah Jazz team is a lack of want to. And again, I'm just pointing directly at Jared Vanderbilt last night. It, it was There were several situations where Vando just chose not to block out or didn't make the right play, and it's an effort thing. You only can control your effort. You can't control the people around you you can certainly control your effort. And the inability to rebound and block out um, was a real problem for Jared Vanderbilt last night. I would expect to see a complete turnaround. But what I would also expect is to see less minutes being played out of Jared Vanderbilt right now. You have to get him right. And if that means you play Walker Kessler more, so be it. If that means that THT plays more, because he frankly has not been very good at all at this point, um, I think you play THT more but you cannot allow guys to just go and freelance and lack effort. That just can't be the case. And I think what you're seeing is a group of guys that just don't know how to play together. At times, we we watch this team go through these spells where it looks like they haven't played a single game together. Yeah. These last two games in Milwaukee, and remember, they didn't have Giannis in that game and they didn't have Middleton in that game and Milwaukee absolutely smoked the Jazz out of out of Brewtown. Yes. And then you go to Cleveland, and the exact same thing happens in a game where you expect the Jazz to be be pretty fired up to go against Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs.
1: Because remember, that wasn't just Donovan Mitchell going against his old team. Everyone seems to forget this concept, right? It's not just Don going against the Jazz, right? It's Laurie Markinen going against the Cavs. Like, these are guys going against their old team. I would have expected Lori to have a 30-point night. I would have expected him to have one of those nights where you could just feed him and he'd fill it up and fill it up and fill it up and, and have that night for you. But that didn't happen. And, and that's why I'm saying this is where I think it starts with Will because Will has to say, hey, we have to be better here. You just allowed them to go on a 14-0 run or whatever, and most of that was transition. You guys aren't getting back. What are we doing? Yeah. Like you got to get back. You need to work harder. And to me, it's 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 frustrating and it's tough because when Colin Sexton is not in the game, this team doesn't have energy. They just don't. Colin Sexton brings an added layer that this team feeds off of. And so to me, it's just like, damn dude, like do you guys want to actually go out and compete on some of these games? Cuz I I some nights I wonder like are you just going through it because you're an NBA player and this is what you do? And I understand that. Again, I can empathize with that on some level. That doesn't make it okay, but I can empathize. Like, hey, you're going to your nine to five and, you know, yeah, I didn't fe- feel like, you know, filling out the TPS report today,
0: you know? Yeah, like, I, I, I. but I, I think that's a Will Hardy thing, right? But, like, I, I look at Salty Drunk's comment. What an overreaction. The Jazz have far exceeded expectations this season and a team of misfits are going to have games like these. Well, the problem is you've seen what this team is capable of and they're not playing nearly to that level and the effort is not nearly to that level. So you can say that this is an overreaction. I would tell you, once you set an expectation, anything below that is a disappointment. And if you feel like this is okay in Milwaukee and and you know, in the Cleveland game, okay, Milwaukee, you got run out of Milwaukee.
1: But that was okay because that was Milwaukee you know, like, and they're the best team. Okay.
0: But yeah. without Giannis in Middleton, I don't know how you're not disappointed. And this team, it, whatever expectation there was coming into this season, those expectations were realigned. You have expectations that this is a 40 win team, and right now they don't look much like a 20 win team. Yeah. And it's inexcusable not to get back on defense. It's it, 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 Again, if you're going to lose games, I'm, I'm fine with that. How you lose games is the problem. You're not getting back on defense. You're not making efforts. You're not making smart plays. Like Jordan Clarkson just freelancing. What are you doing? Like I don't understand that. This is a guy who, in my opinion, should not be starting for this team. He should be a six-man off the bench. But you're putting him in a starter's role, and there's different expectations with that. You have to be a system guy when you're starting. And the the other thing that's really troubling about these conversations is these are the exact conversations we had last year yeah. about Quinn Snyder. Well, is it Quinn Snyder or guys just out freelancing? Well, is it Will Hardy or guys just out freelancing? And by the way, where is Lori Markkinen in the second half? Where is he? Because this guy's wildly talented. He's putting up 20 points in the first half, and then he's a no-show in the second half. Is that Larry Markinen, or is that his Jazz teammates? Is that Will Hardy? I don't know. they got to figure that out. You have to figure that out. He should be a a 25-point-a-night guy. He's that talented. He's playing at that level. He played at that level in the first half last night, and then he was a nothing in the second half. That's what's concerning to me. All this other stuff about, you know, hey, you know, this or that, it, 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 just doesn't come on this, this jazz team. You have to reset the expectations after what we saw the first 20 games. Yeah. I think you absolutely have to Teddy Wayman gives us a $20 tip. Thanks, Teddy. Appreciate that. Thanks for talking about things that are a lot of people don't want to talk about things like race issues will never change unless we can have an honest and open conversation about them and create change within ourselves that's the thing you're you're i think people that are so upset about this i would encourage you to look inward and i would ask yourself what is it that's so upsetting to you and i just don't know the answer to that because it we're at a a, a point in utah when we talk about things like race and politics where there's not even a starting point it's you're an asshole you're wrong you're a racist you're a, a libtard you're woke like we get into this insult game instead of having the actual conversation. Yeah, we never get to the conversation because you're a jerk and you're woke and you're a libtard and you're a neocon and we never find a common ground. Yeah, so we never move forward. We never grow, and we we never change. We never evolve as a as a community. That's my biggest fear about these conversations, Teddy. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, Let's see. Salty Drunk says, I love you guys, but seriously, you're full of S today. Okay. Well, what does well, that mean? You know. What does that mean? Uh, Middleton has barely been there this season anyways.
1: You have no idea. What are you talking Dude, about? You are a casual on the Bucks. then if you, if you don't understand that Chris Middleton came back from injury and looked phenomenal and he needed a rest. Like... I, I, yeah, he's missed time this year. There's nobody's doubting that, but that, but again, with all due respect, dude, don't tell me I'm full of S and then come in here and say that Middleton's missed all this time and he's not an impactful
0: player for them, dude. Chris Middleton's game log this year. He's played 11 or seven games. Excuse me. Chris Middleton, seventeen five fourteen nineteen zero. 14, He played six minutes against Houston, 20 against Golden State, three in 22 minutes against Memphis. So they're clearly managing his load. Yeah. Um, But in the games where he plays regular minutes, the guy is absolutely lethal, and he simply did not play against the Jazz. So you don't think that makes any difference, not having one of the best shooters in the NBA, in Chris Middleton, not playing. You don't think it makes a difference that the MVP of the NBA did not play and Giannis Antetokounmpo did not play. You don't think that we should have expected the Jazz to win that game? What are you talking about? And you're going to say we're full of ass. What are you talking about? Absolutely, the Jazz should have been expected to win that game. How do you explain that you got blown out by 26 points? 26 points. Their leading scorer was Bobby Portis, <coughs> Brooke <coughs> Lopez, Drew Holiday, and you're you're telling me that with a full complement of Olenek, Barkin, and Vando, Conley, and Clarkson, those were your starting five, and you got 18 from Beasley and 14 from NAW off the bench. You don't think you should have won that game? Come on, what are you talking about? Like that's that's the kind of take on the Jazz that I just don't get. Like you really don't think that we we sh- we should have had the expectation that they win that game? How is that possible? Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't I don't get that. And oh, by the way, Giannis comes back last night. They win 128-119 over New Orleans. Giannis had 42 points. 42 points. So if
1: Giannis plays, that's probably 140 spot for the Bucs. <laughs> Just saying. I, I, I,
0: m- Brooke Lopez had 30. Holiday had 18. And oh, by the way, let's not forget your boy... Joe Ingles, 0 of 4 from 3, 0 points last night. Two dimes and a rebound in his return. Yeah. Milwaukee is an excellent team, but you should have beat them. Yeah. You, you know, and even if you lose to them, you can't lose by 26 without Giannis and Middleton. Are you talking about the Bucs or are you talking about Cleveland? What are you talking about? Come on. My God. BNW says, uh, need to switch lineups more like the beginning of the year. Play those guys who want to play. I think they all want to play. You just have to find the right way to motivate them no doubt about that uh jake sperling says milwaukee loss makes sense when they were at home coming off of being embarrassed by 40 they were pissed and the jazz weren't well and see like that's a valid point that's a valid point i could totally understand that but you can't lose by 26 come on man uh fat jesus says uh, jazz don't win 26 games that could be that could absolutely be austin napierski fresh off of surgery what's up dude how are you feeling austin uh, if the Cavs shot 61.4% from the floor, that screams defensive problem to me. Sure, the Cavs nailed threes, but 61.4% means they're dunking on us like mad, which they were. They, they yeah. ran the Jazz off the floor last night. Yeah, I think it was 27-2 in fast break points. Yeah, that, that was ugly. Kay Nuren says, Does, uh, Don isn't on our team anymore. Time to move on and beat him. Winning is the name of the game. I don't disagree with that at all. Tanner says, Monty, your expectations are too high for this team. Yes, getting blown out sucks, but your reactions are a bit over the top.
1: Okay, are, are we so, talking about Utah Jazz basketball? Or yeah, like, are we talking about BYU football? What are we talking because, about? Because it seems like it seems like it's okay to be average in this state. That's what it seems like to me. It seems like we're sitting here saying that that this team. That everyone wanted to tell us we were idiots for not saying that they were a fifty-win team when they were ten and three, right? It seems like you guys are saying that that now because they've lost and they've come back to earth, that that we should just say, oh well, they're an average team. We we should have you know, it doesn't matter who's hurt or who's playing, they're gonna lose these games, and that's just not good enough. That's not you're not gonna get that sentiment yeah. from us on this show. I'm never gonna be the guy that's like, oh well, hmm, Giannis and Chris are out. Well, that means we're still going to get run off the court yeah, and, and, and lose and by 25. I, I think
0: I, the, the issue that I have is it's how you're losing. It's how you're losing. By the way, David Lee gives us a $20 super sticker. Appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. you, David. The issue is how you're losing. You're getting run off the floor. And on this trip that they're they're on, and then you're going to come home for one against Washington on Thursday after tonight in Detroit, Then you go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, San Antonio, Golden State, and Sacramento. You better win these next three because I don't think you're going to win Golden State or or Sacramento. I don't think you're going to beat Miami at home. Sacramento is much improved. And then you go right back out for Houston, Chicago, and Memphis. Yeah. I mean, you have a really tough stretch of games here. And again, I guess I'll just go back to what I've been saying all year. Maybe maybe my expectations are too high, but I think you're a 40-win team that's a fringe playoff contender. Maybe that's what they are. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a club that's 17 and 16. You're a 500 team right now. Maybe my expectations are too high. The Jazz rotations are off as certain players aren't available. Hardy uses a system and is still testing which combos work best against certain teams. He makes me a little crazy with the long stretches that Laurie Markkinen's out of games. That second quarter rest for Laurie, you've got to keep feeding him the ball. Yeah. And my question is, do you think that this team has sets that are specifically designed to get Laurie Markin in the ball?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that they do. I mean, they must,
0: but I'm I'm not sure that
1: they do since we
0: rarely see yeah, those. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing that they don't. I'm guessing that they do. And I, again, I, I don't know that to be fact, but it would be great to see him get the ball more you know like you have to do that Forrest g what's up with you good morning good to see you uh gabriel uh roger says middleton is an all-star caliber player yeah he's fantastic he is fantastic i mean he really is he is very good uh brett burnett says ingles played yes he did yes it's good to see him back too i mean if you're not a joe ingles fan you just are not like he's a good dude like he's he is that guy that every championship team needs. I think that was a great signing by Milwaukee. Because you and I both know the three ball is going to start going down. And if that knee is at all 70%, he's going to be a more than capable defender.
1: Okay, I need to slap Tanner over the head with Why? this next comment right here. Why? Right there, right below the one you're at.
0: Uh, do you seriously believe the Jazz should have beaten the Bucks? What the F? Without Middleton and without Giannis? Yes, I do. What are, yes, you, what are do. you missing? What do you not understand, my man? What what is so confusing? Like, why is, should we not have believed the Jazz had beat the Bucs without their two best players? Are the Jazz just supposed to go
1: into these games thinking they're gonna lose?
0: What is going on today? Just seems like this Twilight Zone kind of show.
1: Yeah, well, because right. people get all weirded out by the racism stuff, and they can't have they then can't get out of that mode and be like, oh yeah, well, the MVP of the league and an All Star caliber player who actually is stronger than when he got hurt by most accounts by what most people are saying yeah those two guys didn't play yeah but we still should have lost by 25.
0: yeah maybe i'm just up in the night i have no idea maybe i expect too much from the scene yeah maybe it could absolutely be i'm open to the idea i'm completely wrong about this but yeah they should have beat the bucks Giannis and and chris middleton didn't play final teddy wayman says no excuses for the way we played the last two games we got absolutely spanked and was not fun at all to watch no last night was painful Last night was painful. That, the, you know, the, the, just watching them.
1: Because it's garbage.
0: You just felt like they were kind of trotting three-point line to three-point line, just back and forth. And the Cavs are sprinting, the Jazz are jogging. The only guy that really showed, like, consistent, hardcore effort, in my opinion, was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, running hard, running, sprinting the ball up the floor. like. But other than that, like, Laurie just felt like he was going through the motions I don't know where Jordan Clarkson goes. Yeah. Do you, you, you guys know what I mean by that? Like he just has these stretches where he's just a turnover machine. Yeah. And he won't pass the basketball. I, I I it's so frustrating to watch. JC has all this talent and all this ability. And I feel like he can't grasp that concept of, hey, give the basketball up, move to get it back. Yeah. Cause he's so quick and elusive off the ball that if he would give that up and rotate, he'd get the ball back. But he's so quick to shoot distance threes and that play where he gets into the paint and seemingly doesn't know where to go with it. And then, Hey, I got to make a really difficult pass that winds up going out of bounds. Yep. It's so frustrating to watch that. Yeah. Cause I feel like he should be so much better than that. So much better than that. Uh, Gabriel Rogers says not trying to be mean but the Jazz are probably the most mid-franchise I can think of what do you mean mid what do you mean by that Um, let's see Greg Romano says uh, it's easier to agitate than legislate it's easier to terrify than clarify well those are interesting catchphrases I wish we just could talk that's all I'm saying Uh, Brent says I don't care just want wins baby Jazz losing by 1 or 40 is still a loss just go in and make the playoffs Yeah, that's see,
1: that's convenient.
0: I agree with you that hey, it would be great if this team made the playoffs. The hard part is that you can't just lose games and be like, "Well, we lost by one." And eh, we lost by 50. You're not you eh. don't have
1: winning culture if that's what you're doing. You don't you like again, hear me clearly, Tanner. Hear me clearly, Salty. Like, listen. I'm saying, "Hey, if you lose, that's okay if you played your best basketball." Yes. If you if you were running sets, if your defense looked like it had any clue what it was trying if to do, if you just like... got
0: out-talented by Giannis and Middleton, yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yes, but you're not running sets, and when you have the a team of guys that you're trying to figure out who you are, like again, Walker Kessler, Walker Kessler is learning how to be a professional right now. This is the this is the problem. So you're telling me that this culture of a lack of effort, a lack of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. no, Not playing in a system. That's what you're trying to teach Walker Kessler how to play basketball in the NBA. That's what you're telling me. Because that's a guy that is, a, <laughs> in, in my opinion, is a future five on this team for like the next three years. That's the culture you're teaching him. How you win and lose matters. Yeah. Right? That, like the Pelicans throwing windmill dunks down on the Suns. That's not how you win games. That's right, T. It's not how you win games. It, it comes back to get you. Losing because you didn't try means the next time you're in a need you know, where you need to try hard, it's easier not to try hard.
1: Yep, becomes okay.
0: Because, well, that's, I mean, in, in Cleveland, we were just kind of playing out the string. That's not okay. Yeah. You have to, You that effort has to be there all the time. All the time. You know, like it, it is that to me is yeah. Uh Fat Jesus says full of salt. That's gonna impact your blood pressure, Monty. You better get that taken care of. Yeah, I know. Watch my blood pressure. Uh if you think Joe's stats are relevant in his comeback game, nobody said his stats were relevant in his what do you dude? There are just some that like again, is today just salty day like all around? Nobody's judging him based on his stats. Guy, I just said, hey, this is what he did in his game, first game back. What do you think? Like, relax. Austin says, feeling great, y'all. Thanks for remembering. Oh, you're welcome, Austin. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Forrest G says, Olenek is, is an impactful player. His help defense, stretching the floor, physicality and shooting were all missed. Yeah, I, I mean, Kelly Olenek should be your 10th guy off the bench. But on this team, he's your starting five and i I also think again, these last two games have shown, I mean, Jared Allen just might as well rip the rim off the backboard last night so many times. like you've got to get fours and fives into this system that can can defend, but also can shoot. That's I mean you really need a power forward that can play at all three levels that that I feel like that is a gaping hole on this roster, yeah. And I I think I'm probably the only one saying it, but I I really think that power forward is a huge, huge hole on this roster now and into the future. Yeah, I mean, I think you see it play out last night. I mean, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen had their way repeatedly. Yeah, I I think You know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Tanner says, it's not okay to be average in the state, in my opinion. However, let's be real. This current Jazz team is average. I don't know why you still think Don and Rudy are still on the Jazz. Okay. Uh, Brent says, uh, the Jazz let the fans down by scoring 111 points. I want free RB sandwiches. See, by not scoring 111. I mean, that to me is the biggest atrocity that we don't get. Do, do, you, do you know a name of an RB sandwich? Uh, no. I don't. Fat. I don't know the name. i sure Zion does. I, okay. Wow. I also know that Zion goes to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. That's, right. that's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's Our right. Jazz Talk and NBA Talk on this show presented by... Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. I, I just say it every time we talk about the guys uh, down in Lehigh. They're a local business, they're great entrepreneurs, and they're really good people to do business with. And in your case, they're the best in the world at making you a prolific day trader. And what is what does that mean, what is day trading? It means that, hey, you're dipping in and out, you're leveraging the stock market for profit. And every day in Utah and across North America, anywhere you're listening to this show, Tridaytrading.com slash Monty can help you. There are people all across this country making a thousand dollars a day because they did business with Tridaytrading.com because they went through the program at Triday Trading, they made a thousand dollars yesterday. There are people who do it on a part-time basis that are absolutely making hundreds of dollars a day because they went through the program at Tridaytrading.com. What I'm telling you is, is that you absolutely have to get there because again, you can make a you can make a thousand dollars a day. And I feel very strongly, very strongly that 2023 has to be your year, man. Like you have to make a promise to yourself and then keep that promise. It's too easy, in my opinion, to just say, okay, well, you know, 2023 is gonna be the best year of my career. Yep. I'm gonna make the most money. Yeah, no, nah, I'm probably you know, I changed my mind. I'm not gonna, you know, uh well. You know the dog crapped on the rug and, and that's why I I couldn't you know that's why I couldn't I couldn't make more money and really you can make more money I'm telling you now keep the promise to yourself do what needs to be done and make sure that you are willing to sacrifice to make the most money possible cuz if you're willing to do that you're absolutely in a position where you can win next year Yeah but if you're not willing to just go watch a free no obligation webinar are you really going to win next year? That's the biggest question. Trydaytrading.com. All I'm asking you to do is watch the free webinar. It's no obligation. You get to do what you want to do at Tridaytrading.com. Do it as a side hustle. Do it as a full-time gig. It's totally up to you. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty uh, is exactly where you should go. All right, let's get more of your jazz comments and NBA comments. I do want to talk uh, a little hoop. How good is Damian Lillard? He is now the all-time leading scorer for the Portland Trail Blazers. Yeah, is that something where you're like, hell yeah, he's I a legend." Yes,
1: I mean, he's already a legend. I mean, he's for my generation, he's Hall already, of Famer. Yeah, he's no a Hall question, of famer. right? No doubt about it. I mean, I, my biggest problem with with Dame is he hasn't won. He hasn't won, but he is Mr. Clutch. He is the guy that that you know you need to you need to make a shot in the clutch. You're going to Dame right now. That's where you're going. And to me. I think that he's done enough to be a Hall of Famer. Um, You know, is he one of the best in the league? Certainly. Certainly. The problem is injuries, and the problem is he hasn't won. And in my opinion, he's too loyal in the current NBA culture. I think that he needs to go to another team to win.
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think it's interesting to see exactly how Damian Lillard's career ends up. Yeah. Because I think he's not going to win a championship. Shea Gilgis Alexander is another really good example of this he hits a game-winning shot last night yeah how long is he going to toil in Oklahoma City
1: yeah I mean I think he's a guy that's that that it's going to go one of two ways, obviously, right? It can only go one of two ways where he's going to just get so good that they have to trade him. He forces their hand mm-hmm. or probably the more likely route is he'll play out the contract, enter free agency, and he'll get a he'll get a max, you know? And he, he can't get a super max unless you're on your original team, but he'll get paid as much as he can possibly get paid through free agency. And, and I think he deserves it. Like, if you go and look at his numbers, I'm not even joking. He's putting up Kobe-level numbers at the same yeah. age as Kobe did. So to me... The guy is is a scorer, there's
0: no doubt. He can he can do a lot of things. I think SGA is that guy that has to that has to move on. Yeah. He and it's a really it's a painful thing in sports when you lose a guy like that. But at some point winning matters. And you know, there's this Charles Barkley podcast sound that's out there, and I apologize I don't have it, but Charles Barkley was interviewing one of the Las Vegas aces at the WNBA and they just won the championship. And yeah, he says to this player, like, Hey, um, are you willing to sit here and guarantee another championship right now? And she says to him, well, something to the effect of, well, that's a really weird question coming from a guy who doesn't have any championships at all. You never (coughs) won anything coming from a guy who never won any championships. And it's like, that's how, how much people recognize that Charles Barkley didn't win a ring. You're not that guy, so, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Well, when we sit here and we talk about how important championships are, this, is, this was my rant yesterday. The LA Lakers are wasting LeBron James. He's at four. Does LeBron ever get his fifth championship to match Kobe? Does he ever get to six to match Michael? Does he ever get to seven to become a, 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 an, a, an absolute elitist? I can't see that happening because of how bad the Lakers have been. The L.A. Lakers are wasting LeBron James. The Portland Trailblazers are wasting Damian Lillard. The Oklahoma City Thunder are wasting SGA. The Phoenix Suns, who I think their window is closed, are wasting Devin Booker. Keep it real. And you look also on that Suns team. What is Chris Paul going to be known as? Well, the point guard who never won a championship. Yeah. That's where Chris Paul is. What is your? What do you always say about James Harden? Well, he's not a winner. He doesn't he's win.
1: He's not. And he's not a winner. Devin Booker's not a winner. Dame's not a winner. You you have first-team all-loser. That's what you are until you've won a championship.
0: You know, I I think it is – I think it's one of those deals where if if Chet doesn't get hurt in OKC, I think OKC has a chance to take that huge step forward because you've got SGA, you've got Josh Giddey there, like you've got now Chet Holmgren there, like you're moving in the right direction, Lou Dort, like but they just have never been able to put that together. Yes. So he's that guy to me. Yeah. That I think he gives him a, another year and then if they don't make significant progress, I think he's a guy that's going to wind up getting moved. I would anybody be surprised if OKC traded SGA this summer? Cuz no. I would not be. No. I wouldn't cuz they are a perennial rebuilding team. Yeah. They always have this group of talent and you can go back to Harden you can go back to Katie and Ross and it didn't work out and all three of them wind up somewhere else, right? They never seem to get over on that. You look at Dame over Paul George, right? You look at, I mean, it's just remarkable to me the place that, that OKC finds itself in and to get the kind of win that they got over Dame in Portland last night and to get it from SGA, and he looked good doing it too, by the way. It wasn't some fluke shot. 35 points, 14 of 14 from the line, you know, and 10 of 24 from the floor for 35 points. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good player. And, you know, to to be doing that without a lot of your talent, it's got to be frustrating not to have Giddy there, not to have Chet there. That's yeah. got to be frustrating. Yes, yes. You know, like it, it just is, it's remarkable what he's been able to do. And but that- I mean,
1: you know the guys. I mean, you know the guys that are that are always going to get theirs, and I, and and that's why I say I think guys like SGA who are young and still upcoming. I mean, SGA just seems again it's situational. You got to get to the right situation. I've been preaching this to Devin Booker for years. Uh, you know, like love what the Suns have done. Love the love the run they've gone on here. The finals appearance, like that's great. That honestly, that's great. I would have rather that happened than not. But the truth is is you know the franchises that are constantly and consistently in the NBA Finals conversation. There yep. is a reason that Giannis and the Bucs are always there, that Boston's there, that that historically the Lakers have always been there,
0: and why they're not. Well, look like, at Boston's move for Brogdon, even though you called me stupid and said I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm a casual who doesn't even watch games. Right. Um, I'm telling you the Brogdon move is quintessential championship move. That's a move that's under the Good radar, ball. right? He's shooting a huge percentage from three. He's that guy that really compliments what you lack, right? Right. That's a championship move. I look at Monty Williams yesterday saying that he absolutely overplayed Devin Booker, who sat out last night's game. They won over the Lakers without LeBron.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. They they He sits out Devin Booker because Devin's got a sore groin because he said, I overplayed. I've played him far too many minutes. But Chris Paul's been hurt, and – you know camp johnson's heard and but like that situation should make you appreciate lebron that's exactly you know right. what i mean like you should appreciate
1: even if even though i'm not a lebron guy i'm not a bron fan you should be able to at least appreciate bron's contribution and what he's been able to do physically cuz he has been an iron man he has been someone who who has been really healthy
0: most of his career and then how about chaboy last night yeah how about puncher face <coughs> luka doncic <coughs> Gets Screw ejected man. last night. Child. Like, I, I, Come on, man. At some point, before we get back to your comments here on the Monty Show, because I want to hear you, what you guys have to say about all this, but at some point, the NBA has to do something about the obsessive complaining to the officials. Yeah, it gets old pretty quick. And I think it's ab- it's absolutely soccer players laying on the ground. It is... You just cannot continue to bump officials. And he got ejected for making contact with an official. But you're starting to see guys, we've seen three, four instances this year in the NBA where a guy threw a ball at an official in a real forceful manner, got a technical foul for that. The obsessive complaining arguing with the officials. Like you got to start throwing guys out for that. Yeah. And I think it is one of those one of those deals where if you get a technical foul and or ejected for bumping an official or arguing with an official, it should be balls and strikes in Major League Baseball. Catch me outside. How about that? You argue with an official, it's an automatic ejection, I, I, because it just can't be. It cannot. I think well, it's and, so and bad for the NBA. The
1: funny thing about that analogy is, even though it's an automatic ejection in baseball, guys know what they're doing. They know oh, the line. Oh, absolutely, they, 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 they know, know what how they're to push doing. the buttons and and walk right up to the line and not get ejected versus they want to be ejected. Aaron Boone, my guys are savages in this box. Like, you know, like Aaron Boone knew what he was doing. Yes. You know that. So to me, it's just... I just think that, that guys like Luka want their free pass and they want their foul call, even though it wasn't a foul. And then you know when they say some heinous, hurtful thing at the official, they're all surprised that the official gave him a double technical and
0: sent him onto the locker room. And
1: then for Jason Kidd to walk onto the floor and lose his mind and get tossed, it's just... That's and then and just,
0: worse than that, did you see Jason Kidd after the game? Sunglasses, a baseball cap on backwards makes like a... 15 second statement and says all right have a good night gets up and walks away yeah doesn't answer questions You're a child like it that's why dallas be doesn't win be better that yes teddy wayman yes luca legit argues every call or no call it doesn't matter if it's a good call or a bad Wait, call did, he argues did you mean luca or rudy because i got confused okay relax rudy's hurt by the way yeah missing multiple games excuse me multiple games for minneapolis yeah, somehow minneapolis isn't missing rudy seriously Seriously. Um, let's see. Brent Burnett says uh, Lakers got hosed by the commissioner way back when they uh, and they have never recovered. They won a championship after that. Yeah. What do you are mean? Are you talking dude? about the Chris Paul thing? Yeah. What is that? Put an asterisk on the last title. Lakers need to reset like the Jazz. The Lakers do need to reset. I'm but telling I'm you. putting
1: an asterisk on the bubble title. No. I'm tired of people saying that. They no. won the championship with the structure that they were given. Yeah. So if if Miami had won the championship, are we putting an asterisk next to their championship? Yeah. It's ridiculous. The bubble had to exist with the times we were in in this world. It had to. It just it it was a required step that the NBA and every sporting league had to take. And so, to me, I don't understand why people do that. Well, we got to put an asterisk next to that championship. We do because, as far as I remember, Anthony Davis and his Kobe still had to make that shot. Yeah. Like,
0: and, and and again, Cantavius Caldwell, Caldwell Pope. Pope. Um, shot them to that championship. I mean, they just had a really good team. Yeah. They had a really good team there. Uh, Greg Romano says the Lakers are only a game and a half out of a of playoff contention. Yeah, well, they're in playoff contention. They're a game out of a spot. I, I think it's striking that Dallas has done so poorly this year. With Luka Doncic having an MVP caliber statistical season, Yeah, it's shocking that they're not winning more games. It, it's crazy. Gabriel says SGA is like 25. He's not getting traded. Well, if he doesn't want to be there, he won't be there. And at yeah. some point, Dave, they're another team. There are just teams around the league who are never healthy. Yeah. They're another team that's never healthy, whether it is Chet, whether it's Giddy now missing games, like Lou Dortz missed Boy, a bunch of games. You know. Uh, Brent says, OKC trades at SGA. They stupid and smart because SGA leaving to a bigger market for real opportunities. Well, and that's the other thing. I mean, he. I, I think he just signed a massive deal. Did he not? Do you even lift? And I'll look it up. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that, you know, guys are always going to go where they want to play. It just is what it
1: is. I mean, whether we're talking Donnie or we're talking SGA or whatever, like and the thing for me is like guys like Dame want to stay in one team. He wants to be that guy.
0: Yeah, he's under contract until uh, 26, 27. He's a free agent in 27. <coughs> um, and he's going to average about $38 million a year. <coughs> Um, He signed a uh, 179.3 million dollar deal. That's a huge. So he's in the first year of that deal. They're going to it makes him more tradable, frankly. Um, They're going to have to they're going to have to get serious in OKC.
1: Yeah, at some point.
0: I mean, you would think. Yeah. You know, like you would think. They're going to have to get serious in OKC. Uh, let's see. Greg Hale says, uh, Greg Romano, I think BYU will have some growing pains. The expectations from the COVID years has hurt BYU. I hear that a lot, too. Well, they won 10 games in a COVID year. Uh, COVID year. Well, they Who played cares, their games, dude. Too. I, I'm a big fan of that. Like, I don't care if you played in the bubble or not. You played where they were. you were told to play your games and the you coronavirus. won. coronavirus. Right? I I think that's, yeah, absolutely.
1: Everybody gets a test.
0: Uh. Burnett says, Lakers got hosed by the commissioner. I already read that one. My bad. Uh, Gabriel says, obviously, if you think the refs made a bad call, you're going to get mad. But you can't go after officials. Yeah. You can't throw the ball at him. You can't bump him like he did. Like, yeah. Brent says, officials impact the game. Always have. And it's time for coaches and players to say what they feel about bad calls without being fine. You can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot do it. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, the league seriously needs to do something with Luka. I can't watch him. He's impossible. It, yeah. I think you're exactly right, Mayor. I think he, he... Luka Doncic, it's crazy to say it. Luka Doncic is unwatchable at times. He vexes me. He just... It's so... Like, he's so unlikable. Terribly vexed. And the, the, the frustrating part is, he's a fabulous talent. He's a really good player. Like, he's not Giannis. At least, Giannis, you can... Like Giannis freaking out over the 10-second free throw calls here recently. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Where he's he's getting a technical foul because, and essentially it's a turnover. You have 10 seconds from the moment the official throws you the ball to shoot the free throw. Well, he's been going through this process the last two years where he takes, there was at one point where he was taking 18, 19 seconds to shoot a free throw. So teams pointed it out, and now in the last couple of weeks, he's gotten three Um, turnovers off of taking too long to shoot a free throw. Yeah. And he's, that's, you got to shoot the free throw, guy. And he will every single time. But he's at least somebody you can root for. His story's good. You know, like. The way he plays the game. Exactly. like, yeah. What are you, what are you hanging on to with Luka Doncic? Other than the fact he's a fantastic player and there is value in that. His mom. His mom being hot, there's value in that. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: but tell me that you don't want to punch that cat in the face every night yeah like because like teddy said he argues every call whether it's a call for him or against him what you called a foul on that guy against me that's a terrible call Did you? That oh oh it's a good call okay okay good call
1: oh my bad my bad sorry guys what? my bad my it's bad. crazy
0: yeah he is the biggest you winner know, like, there's no on. doubt he is you just i agree with jb he's unwatchable at times like you just can't yeah. you can't you ooh it's so frustrating. Uh Jesse Harsh. It's not shocking. It's called a lack of Brunson. Well. He who, by the way, is balling out in New York. Yeah. I mean, it is it is it's crazy. Uh Fat Jesus says the ref was lucky that Jason Kidd didn't start spitting French fries at him. Easy. It's a glandular issue. He's not fat.
1: Yeah, he's big boned. Come
0: yeah. On. Can you measure it? Uh Eric C says. How's NorCal today? Ruffs. Oh, is Ruffs oh, officially? Jesus, in? here we he go. He is in today. Here we go. Um, let's see. Ruffs. Well, I'm not going to read his comment. Gabriel says uh, Donovan Mitchell went through living in Utah to Cleveland. Gruesome. It is a step down. Like I love living here. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. This is. I mean, obviously, this is our home. Yeah. Um, Salt Lake City. It, it, it's it, it's a great place to live. Uh, Alex Chacon says Lakers got hosed last night by the Suns. Yeah, without LeBron and without. Without okay, uh, what do Devin. we
1: think of what do we think of Pat Bev hitting the too small taunting gesture when they're down like twenty five?
0: I think Patrick Beverly is uh, is is playing his last minutes as an L. A. Laker, and I think it just has not worked. He has been, by the way, for those of you who don't follow it, Pat Bev has been terrible as a Laker, and when I say terrible, I mean awful, terrible, the worst. And there's no way to fix it. Yeah. There's no way to fix it. And they're going to trade him. It's a it's a Bushley it's it is it is no different than Zion dunking with an 80,000 point lead. Yeah. It's I mean it's just you don't do it. Yeah, I know what time it is. You don't do it. And yet somehow Pat Bev winds up doing it. Yeah. And it should be a technical foul because now it's it's going too far. And it's causing shoving matches and Like the rock the baby thing, and the come on. This isn't celebrating like Lance Stevenson's guitar is a really good example of this. But
1: that was funny because it was Lance, but it was Lance. And Lance
0: gets all you know, he gets fired up and he starts playing the guitar. Lance
1: is the guy blowing in people's ears in the playoff. You know
0: that that's just but he's celebrating himself. Yeah, I'm all about that. When you're doing what Pat Bev is doing and you're doing the too small on Chris, like, get the. Get out of here. Again, another guy that that you want to like if he's on your team, but he's hard to like. Where are we at in society He's hard to like. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, I think for every time Luca complains a call, a fan gets to come out uh, of the stands and get a free punch to his face and or his clavicle. I love that you said clavicle. I agree. Uh, Rhett Williams, good morning to you, sir. He says, respect is gone for Spida. I agree. I think he is going to get unceremoniously booed
1: yeah but does that but I need to clarify with Rhett's comment is, is that do you mean that that the fan base's respect is gone or your respect for him is gone
0: I, yeah. I think we need to ask that I would be interested in that by the way if you're here right now all 125 of you please give us a thumbs up hit the like button it really helps the channel grow uh Burnett says uh let the coach and players speak the truth if it's a bad call that is what the fans are That that is as we the fans aren't blind." I call that as we stop the gag order and the bogus fines. There's no you cannot have players and officials like coaches and GMs ripping the officials. It's why every league bans it. It does. Do there's think, no though, good for it.
1: I do think that there is space to have a conversation around officials being fined for bad. Oh, I, I
0: I think if, 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 if Tony Brothers should not be an official in the NBA. I think he is a, an awful NBA official, but that's pretty rare. I think most of the calls in the NBA are, are I mean, they're really difficult calls to make. Like you're talking about, there was a, a deal with um, Darius Garland last night. Yeah. Where it was an offensive foul and he wound up getting hit in the face. And initially they got together and talked about it because two of the officials wanted to call that a foul on, on Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But when you go back and slow the tape down and you look at the replay, very clearly Darius Garland pushed Nik- Nikhil, whose hand then, because he was pushed, like went out and it hit Garland in the face. That's not a foul on on, on Nikhil. That's a foul on Garland. Yeah. But you need a fish- It's hard to make the right call all the time in real time.
1: But I but I think that that. You have to have a system in place to hold officials accountable on some level. I'm not saying you got to have some unrealistic, hey, 95% of the time you got to get it right or we're fining you. But what I am saying is that is that there should be – it's like Major League Baseball, right? Major League Baseball tracks balls and strikes by umpires and how many they miss and how many they get right. like, And then they publish a report about it. Like the The league publishes a report – but I think that because it's basketball, you have like there has to be more accountability that way. Somehow, some way, it's got to happen.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I I think there has to be more accountability. Is the exact right word. Yeah, there has to be more accountability. There, it's yeah. just it's not it's not an option uh, anymore. That's but that's just me. Teddy Wayman said Jason Kidd acted like a kid in that interview. He did. It was so bush league. It is so bush league. Uh, Kay Nuren says so. Who's winning the race for the number one draft pick? Boy. I think you're going to have a hard time not giving that to uh, Detroit. That's a bad basketball team, and and they're going to trade. Bo- they're going to trade Bogey. Yeah. I, I. But the Lakers are actually going to wake up and do a trade. You know. I think it's the Pistons or the Rockets. I think the Rockets are going to accidentally win too many games. Um. But then you got to draw ping pong balls, and you know, are they going to freeze the ping pong balls this year? All gas, no break. Anyway, I would please don't start with conspiracy theories around the NBA draft. They not, want
1: the Pistons to have the pick.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't think Pat Bev is a good fit for the Jazz. No, he was no, not. No. That's why he's not here. Nope. For... Greg Hale says, "Can we talk Utah recruiting class, please?" We can. They're dominating. There's there's no doubt. Da- I was reading their list of commits. Yeah. And it is. It, it it's, it's long and prestigious. I mean, it it's unbelievable. The 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 job that Witt has done. I mean, just in the Fano brothers. Um, I mean, the offensive line's going to be better because Spencer's there. Um, I think when you look at, um, you know, like Hunter Clegg from American fork. Yeah. Could have gone anywhere. He wanted to go. He could have gone anywhere. He wanted to go. BYU, Stanford, UCLA, Arizona, Hunter Clegg could have gone anywhere. He wanted to go. He yeah. chose Utah. Mm-hmm. And again, that's a, that's a local kid. Um, but if you start looking at, at if you go down to the th- twos and threes, um, I mean, it, Roger Alderman from Sonora, California, the offensive tackle is six, 275 pounds. What do you bash? Like looking at that kid, he is a massive human being. Just about everybody in the PAC 12 wanted him, including Oregon even- state, including Oregon state. And he chose Utah. Yeah teams are choosing to come to the University of Utah to play football um uh, like Smith Snowden again I, I just say l- the laundry list of teams that were after Smith is not accidental and that he's 510 175 and runs like the wind are people miring you know he's a he's a he, he, I mean come on yeah who who are we kidding yeah they're winning the recruit and this is the problem for BYU, by the way, because BYU was the one initially winning these. but you look at the you look at the kids that they're getting, and you start to understand that, hey, you know what, maybe just maybe Kyle Whittingham's turned the corner. You see I mean, what I
1: mean though? This is what I was talking about with BYU. BYU doesn't have this list. BYU no. doesn't have some huge influx of guys coming in like BYU has some guys going out, some guys you lost to the league and nothing really happening coming in. That's yep. what concerns me. You look at Utah and yeah, sure, you have some turnover, but you've got a laundry list of guys here that are going to come in and make an impact. Also guys that you can develop.
0: Yeah. I, and like Deshaun Stanley, who everybody thought was going to Colorado with prime. Um, I, I, just, I, It's, you know what, man? His recruiting class is is un, unbelievable. Where is the the uh the kid out of Texas? Here he is, CJ Blocker. CJ Blocker's another one. And it's no surprise that they're dominating in the secondary. I mean they they're, they're going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Um but CJ Blocker from uh Texas, Texas picked Utah over USC, Alabama, Boston College and Kentucky like that's crazy dude that he I mean they're winning battles now against some of the biggest teams yeah so I mean it's pretty impressive Greg it's pretty impressive the class that Utah has pulled like it, it is not even man it's crazy uh, Tom said Snowden doing his reveal to go to Utah on a BYU radio show was pretty sweet yeah it, it the, the whole Fano brother thing that's a huge loss for BYU because I think both of the, not one of those kids, both of those kids are going to be starters on that team. Spencer, yeah. it, Spencer may have to wait a year. We'll see. But Logan Fano is going to be a stud. He, I think he is going to be the next pass rushing star at at, at Utah. Yeah, and he's he smart is, for going there. He, is, I mean, he is a stud. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just, I don't know how you look at this list and think that you're not. That you're just not, you're you're not. I mean, you're dominating. Yeah. How do you look at the list and say, "Hey, Utah's going to be bad," <laughs> like Utah's going to be really good. There's no way to look at it. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Like
1: I, Utah's got talent. Utah is working, and I'm glad to see. And and again, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we haven't been told or anything, but whether this is if this is Witt's way of just you know flying under the radar and doing his work in the portal and having more resources, great, awesome, love to see it. You know. And and hey, maybe we just judge Wit off of of all the kids he's signing. Then hey, yeah, maybe maybe he does embrace the portal now. I don't know, but but they're bringing in a whole bunch of
0: dudes. Yeah, um, I, and their 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 transfer portal stuff's not terrible either. I mean, obviously with with Logan Fano, we we know that. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think tomorrow is National Signing Day, and I'm actually really excited about it. Yes, I'm one of the losers that tracks a bunch of teenagers to see where they're going to college. Yeah. Um, I actually pay attention to it with BYU in Utah, and I, I love every minute of it. I love every minute of it. Uh, Brandon uh, Trujillo says, BYU lost another captain of the transfer portal, and, and he went to Baylor. It, is that confirmed with uh, Clark Barrington <coughs> that Barrington is going to Baylor? Um, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I'm not sure. But either way, I mean, you know. I still don't think... Um, I still don't think that we're going to get through the end of this period and say that BYU has a mass exodus. I don't. I think when you look at the 10 players that started the season at BYU that are now in the portal, Fano, Conover, Campbell Barrington, and Dallin Holker, I think are the only ones that are fully committed. So it's not like guys, immediately jumped into the portal and were sucked up by other teams. Right. I'll be interested to see where Peely and Barrington end up. I'll be very interested to see that. Um I I still again will sit here and tell you I don't understand why Clark Barrington's not going to the NFL. I make have two sacks as a I guard. Mean, maybe
1: maybe the kid likes college football. Maybe he wants NIL money. I, I I don't know. But I agree he's at a premier position. And I also agree that injury risk in college football is big, obviously it's, you know, college football. Like we know what that is. So to me, it just is, I don't know, man. I'd be going to the league if I had the ability, if I had the eligibility and I was ready to go, I'd be going to the league.
0: Clark Barrington started 40 games and played 2,600 career stats. Good Lord. Like that's, that's amazing to me. That is amazing to me. I just, man, oh, Okay, where do you want to go here? You want to go non-sports? Yeah, we probably should. Are you, I'm a you're little. Just, I'm you're a just little over it. You're salty today. Yeah, I, it, I hate so these frust- shows.
1: It's really frustrating that I, do, I have to yeah. get tweets from from people on Twitter saying that it shouldn't be about Don's skin color, about whether he should be comfortable. I get tired of guys like Ruffs official. Like, dude, I have no problem saying I. If you were never here again, cool. Like your your comments today, like. People's comments hating on Don because he's black, hating on Don because he's somehow a drama queen. It's frustrating. It really is frustrating. And I have to be honest, I love living in the state of Utah. I love this town. I don't love the scourge of the earth, the underbelly of Salt Lake City. I don't like the people who who are white, have lived in a 93% white community, and have no idea what it's like to to feel the way Donovan Mitchell feels. And frankly, what's more bothersome is, is you won't put any effort into just trying. Just simply say, wow, maybe my opinion, maybe I just don't get it. Maybe, maybe just for a second, I can set myself aside and say, you know what? This is somebody that I loved watching watch playing basketball. I can, honest to God, say, I loved watching Donovan Mitchell play basketball as a Utah Jazz man. And, and to me, it's really sad because this is a great town, it is, but man, does it! I I swear it's got some deep rooted issues, and and I take a lot of pride in us being the only show out here that's going to have this discussion today, and I'm not shy about that, and I'm really glad you guys are all here. But the reason I'm salty today, and the reason I, that I struggle with these conversations, is because I know what's coming. I know that we're going to get guys on Twitter, guys in our comments section, got like you know we're going to get these guys who just don't understand that. in in and again, even if you don't understand your unwillingness to set yourself aside and say, Hey, Don feels this way. And maybe I don't understand it. And hell, maybe I even disagree with it. Maybe I do yeah. think he's a drama queen, but he does feel this way. And and I need to respect that. And I need to understand that our community made him feel that way. The fact that you won't do that is, is really
0: unfortunate. Well, like talking to Ryan short on Twitter. Um, you know Ryan on Twitter last night said the only thing I really don't like is that he said that this it's a refreshing and a blessing to be around people that look like him. Feels like a step backward and definitely wouldn't fly for a white person to say the same thing. And in this country, you're never going to hear that from a white person because we don't have to experience that as white men. We we don't we don't find ourselves very often in situations where we're like, wow, I'm the only white guy in the room. Hmm. And then we wind up going outside and we're like, oh, thank God, my fellow white man, good to see ya. Like that doesn't happen. No. That does not happen to us. And so Ryan went on to say, well, it's just not, a, cause I said to him, if you're not a black man in Utah, you see very few people. If you are a black man in Utah, you see very few people who look like you. Imagine that as a white man, we have no idea what that feels like. And it's not something, and it's something that no white person would ever say. And so naturally, Ryan pivoted and said, well, that's just not a true statement. I personally live somewhere where I rarely saw a white person because of where he served his mission. Bro, it's not where you served your mission. It was everyday life for Donovan. You went to the store to put food on the table for your kids. I, I, like- I can't, I, I cannot, I, my frustration with shows like today and the reason we don't talk about this stuff on a regular basis is because there's no talking about this stuff. Yeah, it's people, it's idiots like Ruff's official who comes in and starts dropping racial bombs or like calling, there was a listener earlier who called Donovan a POS because of how he felt. We're we're taking a guy in Donovan who said, hey, I didn't feel welcomed in Utah. Well, that makes you a POS. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. That's the problem. We can't talk about this without you being wrong and you being wrong, and I'm the only one that's right. It's not about who's right, because I got news for you, people. When we're talking about race and we're talking about, you know, think about the racial issues we've had in this town in the last year. Nobody won at BYU in the Duke BYU volleyball thing. You everybody was all focused on, well, we didn't do that. We're winners. You're not winning. You lost. I got news for you. You lost. Duke lost, South Carolina lost, because everybody got into this incestuous poll of, well, we all hate each other and you suck. You stay up there in Whiteville and we'll stay down here in black country. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. What the fuck are we doing? Like, that's not winning. Yeah, That's not winning. Yeah. Yep. We, we didn't have a conversation about it. We started throwing out the name Juicy Smollett in this state. Yeah. That's not winning. That's not educated. That's not highbrow. That's not... You know, oh, I'm enlightened. You smoleted it. That's you being ignorant. That's the problem with these conversations. It brings out the cockroach. Yes. Instead of the person that's like, okay, you know, Donovan said that it was refreshing to go back to Cleveland and look in the front row at the Cavs game and see other men of color, other people of color. So I ask you, next time you're at the Jazz game, how many people of color, how many black men or women, how many Latinos, brown-skinned people are sitting in in courtside seats that are thousands of dollars per ticket? Get your hand
1: out and start counting. Because I guarantee in Salt Lake City at Vivint Arena, you won't be able to fill that hand up. And I got news for you, and I hope Ryan Smith hears this. To be silent on this topic as the owner of the Utah Jazz is unacceptable, like on every level unacceptable. You want to be some philanthropist. You want to be a tech billionaire who is helping RSL and the Jazz and any surprise that Fiffin's also advertising with BYU, right? Who's the common denominator here? Ryan Smith is in the heart of this community and nine days out of 10, I love the guy and I love what he does. I absolutely love the impact he has on our community. But what I don't like, and this is what we said about Bron, nobody wants to talk when things get tough. Nobody wants to talk when your in,
0: franchise player comes out and says what he says. In the BLM movement, when we had all those riots and looting, where was LeBron James? He was in front of the in front of the the, the parade, you know, like leading the masses, right? No, mm. he had his face completely covered, wearing sunglasses, <laughs> riding a bike with his teammates at the very back of the parade. Yeah, that's not leadership. I I would tell Ryan Smith today that I would issue a statement based on what Donovan Mitchell said about my fans in our town, I'm issuing a statement. That's what I would do. And furthermore, actually, I would go do a TV interview. I would get on my pregame show, and I would sit down with with Alema Harrington, because there's no better person to have this conversation with, than Alema Harrington, perhaps Big T, because he's a black man. That's
1: who I do it with. Sit
0: down and have the conversation on your pregame show. Yep. That's what I would do. He's not going to do that. And I think that's, that's a mistake. It's a mistake. Salty Drunk says, I suggest you be careful with name-calling Monty. Even Ruffs has questionable, if Ruffs has questionable takes. I am never going to apologize for calling a racist an idiot. And Ruffs official, in my opinion, is a racist. His comments, he, like, we don't block people on this show. Nope. We're just never going to refer to him again unless somebody else brings him up. Because we're not going to do it. He has no place in our community. He has the opinions where you get people that say, well, you know what? We don't have a, when, when Donovan Mitchell is part of a program that gives away a hundred plus scholarships, full ride room board, everything to underprivileged communities. And somehow you're not happy about that. You don't belong on our show. You don't belong on our show when it's well, white kids deserve scholarships too. Mm. You don't belong on our show. When you say that hey, you know what? That's not something that a white person would say. You're right. That's not something a white person would say because a white person doesn't have to deal with that. That's just not true. He's being a victim. Okay, well you probably you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you can't employ empathy, if you can't put yourself in the position where Donovan Mitchell told this story about being pulled over and getting at it catching attitude he said from a cop. Yeah. And people on twitter last night straight up said he's a liar that never happened really that's your reaction to it he's a he's automatically he's a liar sorry man like you you just don't you know that i i just don't it's sad yeah it is sad i agree it, it it's just it's really frustrating to me you know like it's just it's really disappointing to me that that, that that's the deal there yeah uh let's see uh hardline trend to trend but i'll defend anyone being harassed even when i don't root for them media really was mean to Kyrie. oh i don't disagree with that yeah
1: and i think that's a different that like that's you know and i'm not trying to answer on the question but i do think that's a conversation unto itself it's a different conversation but but again like that is like i i can't get away from like if we're going to talk about the media i'm not talking about the national media because it has nothing to do with donovan mitchell in this conversation I want to talk about the people in this town who do what's convenient and not what's necessary. That's what I want to talk about. I want Andy Larson to have an opinion. I want Eric Walden to have an opinion. I love what Sarah Todd did on Twitter last night. I just loved it and then stopped loving it once she started attacking people on Twitter, right? Like, notice we're not proactively attacking people in the comments section. We're just going to point out how much of an idiot you are when you make racist comments, right? Like, that's two different things. And furthermore, I love the work Tony Jones does. Hear me clearly. I love what the guy does. Absolutely. I read it almost every day. Every time he puts something out, I'm pretty much on it, but it's surprising. I don't hear from him on this. It it is. It is. He's not part of KSL. He's not part of the Deseret news. He's part of the athletic.
0: You just have to be able to understand that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You don't have to agree with Kyrie. He's entitled to his opinion. You don't have to agree with Kanye. He's entitled to his opinion. You don't have to agree with our local politicians or Donald Trump or Joe Biden. They're entitled to their opinions. What you, what you are entitled to is to feel the way you feel. You are entitled to your opinion as well. But the only thing I would say is why? Why are you unwilling to listen to other opinions that are not your own? That's the biggest. That's a crux of the issue. You don't have to agree. But do you respect other humans so little that you won't even listen to them? You won't even pay attention to the words. Yeah, that's what I just can't. I. I it, it just it hurts, dude. Like it's hard, because I've seen. You know, again, not to keep talking about my career, but like when I was in San Francisco, I did a series of reports on life of black gang members in their teenage years in prison. What is it like to be a teenager in prison for the rest of your life? And so many of those guys I ran into, I wound up the story morphed into, hey, I got caught with a dime bag and I'm serving seven years for a dime bag. Yeah. Like, like, I've heard so many stories about traffic stops going wrong that when Donovan Mitchell says, hey, you know, I caught attitude. It brings me back to a story a a gang member told me, like, talking to his son about where to put his driver's license. I talked about this earlier, where to put his driver's license and his insurance card in his car so he can safely give it to the police officer. Like, this guy in jail is telling me how he educated his son on a phone on how to get pulled over properly. Because you it's just going to happen. Hey, put it on your visor, there's a little clip that you can get at AutoZone, you put the clip on your visor, you put your driver's license and your insurance card in that clip. And when the cop rolls up, you have your hands on the steering wheel, hey, I need to see your driver's license and proof of inf- insurance. Okay, it's up here in the visor, I'm gonna reach for it. Okay. Pull it down, give it to him. Put your hand back on the steering wheel. As a white guy, I've never thought about that. My license is in my wallet. My insurance and registration are in my glove box. I don't have to be worried about getting shot because I opened my glove box. Black men do. Yet when Donovan Mitchell says, I caught an attitude from a cop, no, you didn't. You made it up. You're a liar. That's on my Twitter feed. The guy saying, You made it up. He made it up. He's a liar. He just yeah. wants to be a victim. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. Yep, we won't even take a minute to listen to it. Won't even take a minute to listen to it. I don't know. Anyway, I'm tired of talking about it. I'll be honest with you, I'm worn out on it. Eminem says, I love this show because instead of silly talk, I get on the local radio stations, you keep it 100. Don't change a thing, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Eric C says, not everyone believes in that, Brent. What did Brent say? Uh, ease, solution is easy. Be more Christ-like, easier than, said than done. But we also have to stop with the, with the, if you're a Christian, be a Christian. Don't be a hypocrite. Because we live in a Christian community. I mean, we're sitting in the epicenter of the, the LDS church. We are by very definition a Christian community. How many people live that lifestyle? And it's far too few. Even those in the church don't live that lifestyle. It's an imp like it just, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a, mm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ron Nolan says, what about uh, being like Gandhi? Well, you could certainly <laughs> try. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, the show is fantastic because of the posters on the show. I love the passion from the posters on their team and their opinions. Absolutely. Uh, Are you feeling it rough? I felt like that, but got to have thick skin and relax. It's just a podcast. Okay. Um, yeah. And and again, I'm just telling you, we love every one of our listeners, but you don't have to be here. You you quite literally have the freedom to choose any show you want, any show you want. You 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 can go We're listen not or give don't give you listen. a
1: free pass if you're going to make racist
0: comments. Yeah, and, and I'm not
1: here for, hey, that's name calling,
0: dude. And again, I mean, Ruffs is a great example of this. All you do is insult people. That's all you don't bring. You don't bring opinions. You don't bring facts. You don't, you, all you do is insult people. Yeah. That's why we don't read your comments anymore. Cause all you do is bring negativity and insults. And that's not what this show's about, man. Like I, I, I ask everybody have an opinion. I don't have to agree with you, but have an opinion. But there's a line
1: you need to understand. So your, your convenience with, oh, well, you guys say everyone have an opinion, but then if they if we disagree with you, you hate on us. No, we don't hate on you. But there's a line. If you're going to be racist, we're going to call you out. We're going to hate on you for being a racist because you're hating on others. Like that's like there's a line, dude.
0: Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. Uh, Jeremy says, I'll say it again. I've taken it personally and to do more listening. So many times, I've just needed to shut my face and listen and show some thim- sympathy, empathy. I believed on it. To, it was his experience just and deploy that in your life but you, you- see what
1: he said i had to, i i i've taken it personally yeah. to do more listening so i've i've said to me myself hey i need to slow down and i need to actually listen to what these people are saying i need to listen to hear them instead of listening to respond and you notice what you get right like i really appreciate that comment that's what I'm. that's specifically
0: what i'm talking about yeah I agree with that. I just think it's hard to employ that in your marriage. Employ that in your marriage. I have not always been a great listener. And I took—I said that to my wife last night. Like I've been going through this spell where I just need some time off. Like I am, I feel like I am burnt out. I get up at 4 a.m. every day, have been for over a year. Like <laughs> I just need time where I'm not doing the show. I'm not working. I am just off. And hey, we're getting that. But last night, like, I just had one of those moments where I was like, dude, you you can't act like this. And I was saying to my wife like, "Hey, I just need you to, you know, give me some grace, like understand that what I'm going through." And I said to her, "I am not I have not been a good listener. I've not been a good listener. There are times where m- mentally I'm just not present. I'm thinking about something else. And I need to be a better listener. I'm not always a great listener. You know, it it, it is it's a skill. Being a good listener is a skill. And I'm not always a good listener. Uh Teddy says some people just can't handle the cold hard truth. Yeah, and and I just I can't have, you know, like I just can't have. I have zero patience for hate. Like I it really bothers me. Like when you it's why the Kyrie and Yeezy thing was such a big deal to me. Because you're hating somebody because of their their faith. It's the it's the Mormon angle of things. Like BYU, I think, takes so much garbage because they're Mormon. I think the, our Jewish community, our Asian communities, our black communities take so much garbage because they're black, they're Asian, they're Jewish, they're Mormon, they're Catholic. You know, like everybody, it, 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 we just need to stop labeling people and we just need to to understand, try to understand more. Yeah, we won't do that. Um, let's see, uh, Greg, Greg Hawkins says, imagine thinking Dom was lying about what he experienced. Shake my head. Couldn't be me. Yeah. You, you can't do that. You can't do that. You, yeah. you, you, you absolutely cannot just assume he's lying. Yeah. That, which is crazy. You know, like it, 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 yeah. Anyway, Don's statement hurt the state of Utah. It's already hard to get players here. And now a superstar put another black mark on us. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Brandon Butler says, Jake, are you putting a ring on it for Christmas?
1: Well, thank you for bringing some positivity to the show. My guy. No, I'm not, actually.
0: I'm not. Thank you. No. Amber Spencer, good morning to you. The the cupcake superstar. Yes. The unbelievable graphic designer. Yep. And she chases down people who steal her air tags. I mean, what more could you want? Yeah. An unbelievable human. She says, Church with the Montes today, love it. Uh, came for Jazz Talk, stayed for the being a good human lessons. Y'all feel me? That's so funny that you said it like that. Just be a good human. How hard is it? Oh, it's difficult. It's diff- The way people drive here, it's very difficult every day to be a good human. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you that. Amber, good to see you. Uh, fan 97 says, I can't believe how many people are denying and disregarding Don's comments. The state of Utah needs to be better. He's speaking 100% facts. And that that's what bothers me. I don't care if you disagree with Donovan. If you don't believe that we we are a racist state, okay, cool. But just to say, no, that he lied, that never happened. No, just co- to yeah, completely no, no. deny his feelings. Just to write it off is crazy to write it off. Eric C says, Jake, we're rooting for you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yep, thank you. So what's your plan with bullets next weekend? Oh man, dude. Okay, so there's kind of a heated debate in my house. You know, Bucket of Bullets is my mother-in-law's new husband and- We
1: should I, probably stop saying new husband and just say husband Yeah, it's now. been a year. Yeah, It's
0: been a year of disaster. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, Bucket of Bullets is is diametrically opposed for me. And I'll give myself credit in this conversation. I sat down, talked with him, listened, and then punched him in the face. U.S. Americans. I didn't punch him in the face. That was a dream. Um, The point is, I sat down, we talked, and listened to him. He doesn't like people of color. He is, yeah, don't even get me started. I don't know what the plan is. We're doing a gift exchange. We're doing a $50 max gift exchange. Now, listen,
1: if he rolls up into the gift exchange with a 50 cal, you know, It is what it is,
0: you know? We call him Bucket of Bullets because he literally has a bucket of jackets on his table. He's an assassin. His coffee table, there's a bucket with a bunch of casings. Yeah. And there's, like, deer heads on the wall and stuff in his living room. Yeah. What are we doing? Amber Spencer says, "Uh, "Blah, blah, cupcake superstar, LOL. That's right. That's right. Amber's going to... I am going to employ Amber to bake me a birthday cake this year (laughs) because her... (laughs) yeah your work on instagram is crazy it is uh yeah it's crazy uh i am totally lost we got a comment on. by the way uh where are we at on likes today uh we're at 101 please keep banging that would be great if you guys could hit the like button today that'd be awesome um jeremy bolton says if he rolls up to the gift exchange with a 50 cal phrases i thought i'd never hear today <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lopes fan gave Wait bucket of bullets is still alive I thought part of the deal was he was going to drop dead soon So it wasn't a big deal
1: dilly dilly. Dilly, dilly dilly
0: Not all wishes come true No I'm kidding I'm not wishing for that I'm kidding uh, Let's see uh, Kurt Meyer says hunting on the nines I like the father outlaw Yeah. Cabela's. Cabela's <laughs> brings you hunting on the nines With bucket of bullets <laughs> Oh man there's some things I could tell you about that guy there are some things I could tell you about that guy. Okay. Real quick. We're not going to do Elon today. No, he ain't got time. I do want to do the rising cost of fast food. Yeah. Are you willing to pay 29% more for Wendy's? This is a code of 10 abort. So my thermostat stopped working. Dude. My my furnace was night
1: was challenging for you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I get on the website of the home warranty company. I pay six hundred dollars yeah, a year to uh,
1: we're gonna take all your money because we in us in the
0: HOA hang out. So you know, just give us your money. Not covered. My thermostat issue. The got the, so we send a online form in, the guy calls me, he's like, Hey, this is Jimmy from Tom's air conditioning service here to screw hey, cool. you over. Um, and he's like, Well, it's probably not covered by your home warranty. I'm like, yeah, because nothing's covered. He goes, yeah, pretty much. So if my furnace fails, they'll fix it. So if your
1: furnace fails and the house burns down, they'll fix that. Yeah. But they wouldn't want to fix the thermostat that could have prevented
0: that. Yeah. Anyway, play the music. Yeah. We got to go. It's 925. I know. We'll talk about that tomorrow because the furnace guy's actually coming to the crib today. So we'll talk about that. Annoying as hell. Uh, Please hit the uh, like button. We're trying to get to 9,000 subs by the end of the year. We're like 230 away. Like, subscribe, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for having this conversation today. I know that we don't do this often. That you guys are engaged on the show that we have Salty Drunk listening at 323 in the morning. I'm coming to Australia to snowboard, by the way. Um 323 in the morning there. Appreciate that. But I just appreciate you guys being here. I know these are not easy conversations. Um, but just thanks for listening. Thanks for interacting. Thanks for talking about it, man. It makes the it makes the world go round. Uh, until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake.
1: Goodbye, Jake.